Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News. We're breaking down new information about Elden Ring that's important for you for release date. It's the install size, but I also want to look at what does this mean when compared to other big games coming out, mainly what we know about Horizon Forbidden West. Now, if you like these types of videos, I try to give you all the info right here at the start of the video, so that way you get everything you might be looking for. But this is a live stream, so if you didn't catch me live, this video you clicked on is probably about three hours long. Hit subscribe and the bell button if you like this kind of content. This is an SNTR update. The Elden Ring install size has become known, and it makes a lot of people curious just how big this game will be. Everything we've seen in the gameplay seems to boast a very, very large game with huge open-world spaces. But when we compare the install size to another game, it starts to get a little worrisome. If you like these videos, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my SNTR updates, or check out SNTR Gaming. I might be streaming right now. That's where I live streamed this recording. So according to a tweet from PlayStation Size, the game will be 44 gig, all right, when you install it. Now this could mean that there's a significant huge day one patch. That's not abnormal for games to have day one patches. It's not abnormal for day one patches to be pretty big and pretty substantive. Sometimes you just get sort of the base game and the base files and then you download other things ahead of time with the with the data mines of the Elden Ring technical test, it might be something that they're being a little careful with. We don't actually know. They've not come out and clarified anything about this. Now, this made me extremely curious because Fextra Life, when they covered the technical test, they put in 70-some-odd hours and they felt that they had only interacted with about 12% of the map size, indicating that we were in for in just an enormous game, just gigantic in size and scope. And so I was very curious when I saw this install size compared to other games in the industry right now. This doesn't seem very large. This is also something you should know for day one, how much space to a lot, but also maybe anticipate downloading a very, very large day one patch given the small size of the initial install. So if you have slower internet or not a lot of space on wherever you're installing this, make sure you make ample size. As a comparison, just to give you some perspective, this is about one-third the install size of the announced size of Horizon Forbidden West. Now, Horizon Forbidden West is an open-world RPG action-adventure with lots of NPCs and lots of dialogue and dialogue trees. And audio and dialogue trees and cinematics tend to take up a lot of space. That could account for the significant difference in size. I believe Horizon Forbidden West is about 110 uh, 110 gig. That's how much it requires. So this is, this is coming in about a third of that. And the worry would be is... Why is this game so much significantly smaller than Horizon Forbidden West? I thought this map was going to be huge. I thought Elden Ring was going to be enormous. All of that can still be true, even if your install size is small, and they're very different games with very different approaches to what they're doing. A lot of people look at Call of Duty and wonder why it is just so absolutely massive. Some of that can come down to even just bad audio compression. Audio files can make up the bulk of your download sometimes because the company did not compress them well. So they're just big, giant, huge, raw audio files and they take up a ton of space on the install. 
The other thing that is becoming a growing concern of people is these gigantic install size games. If you want to play it day one and you're trying to download it, you're going to be dealing with overwhelmed servers. You're dependent upon how well your internet's running that day. Do do you even afford or can you even get super fast internet in your neighborhood? So the real question is, what does this mean? All right. I'm not concerned at all, but I am curious if more will be added over time. Is, is this a small base install? Is it going to be a more contained version of the game? Is Fextra Life right? Is the map just absolutely enormous, but will parts of it be closed off? Does this give credence to some of my theories about they have plans to turn this into a live service game? Maybe the world is enormous. Maybe the map is absolutely gigantic, but the base install and the launch version of the vanilla version of Elden Ring is going to have certain areas where that's that's for later that's a dlc that will expand in time we'll have to wait and see if they release any official information about this but for now that's what we got as always check out sntr gaming where i may be streaming right now and here on sntr updates hit subscribe and the bell button and i'll see you in the next one And I will see the rest of you right now. Good morning and good afternoon and good evening and Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Eve. I know a lot of you weren't sure if I was going to stream and I decided to stream. I thought, man, From Fridays have been such a treat lately. We don't want to not do a From Friday. And when we have, you know, Elden Ring new info, I think it's cause for good conversation. So hopefully you're enjoying your Christmas Eve. Uh, I know a lot of people won't be here. This will probably be a light day for us, and that's okay. It is literally the day before Christmas, and it's a Friday, so a lot of people are not working today. A lot of people are probably not in the office, and that's where a lot of our viewers come from. They do enjoy that work and lurk. So we're going to have to turn this into a scrappy stream. You guys are going to have to smash that like button and keep that chat going. We're going to have to fight tooth and nail to uh to get to get this thing going this morning so thank you for being here and thank you to the new members we had new members before i even went live breebs and atomic t two new members already this morning thank you so much for doing that hitting the join button enjoy the dope badge enjoy the emotes you guys are dope and deserve dope stuff and a renewal a whole year a whole year from melrose mike Good morning and Merry Christmas. Melrose Mike, that that joystick should be changed into, I believe, a green, because that's I believe that's the year. It should match the official logo at one year. Um, you're off and can officially catch the stream live. That's the other thing, is maybe people that aren't working today uh, can actually catch the stream live instead of having to watch the VOD. So come on in, sit back and relax and enjoy me uh, serenading the background of your Christmas Eve. Uh, didn't expect a show today, but totally thankful. Thank you, Captain Helmet, and thank you for your kind words yesterday. I appreciated that. And uh, I found my other sweater that I really like. I hope you guys like it. It's very warm. I, I, I anticipated it being a little bit colder today. Uh, Techno says, Textures are the next biggest files to be stored for a game after pre-rendered cutscenes and audio. Native 4K textures take up ungodly amounts of space. Maybe that's why Horizon Forbidden West is going to be such a just an absolutely enormous... Uh, install because if they're going for the cinematic lighting and the 4K I mean Elden Ring install size is not very big I mean I, a 40, 40 gig install is that's small honestly I, I wanted to go compare to other games I have installed I mean I, actually I can do that right now let me pull up my Xbox and I just want to see by way of comparison um, 
just other games that we know are, are, are either decent in size or small in size and see that because this could mean a humongous Elden Ring day one patch. I mean, it could be a massive Kyrian coming in with a membership. Three new members already today. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. We are trying to push our way to a uh, we're trying to push our way to 500 members and you guys are really really helping with that so by way of comparison immortals phoenix rising is 33 gig now that's got dlcs installed so that's probably not the greatest example it takes two is 43 gig and that's got a lot of cinematics that's got a lot of audio uh halo infinite 48 gig outriders is 61 and a half gig sea of thieves 64 gig and borderlands 65 gig So this is coming in with a a smaller initial install size than Borderlands 3. Now again, that doesn't mean that the game is small. It doesn't. It could mean there's a huge day one patch. I mean, if your install size is 40 gig and then there's like a a 40 gig download, you're talking about an 80 gig game. And that would, I think that's a little bit more reasonable. I think that's where this game is going to land on the the, the full install with patch day one i think it's going to be in the 70 or 80 gig 40 doesn't seem big enough that seems entirely too small immortals phoenix rising though being 32 gig that's a pretty big game as well so it's possible it's possible that um maybe fextra life overestimated the elden ring map size when they uh when when they when they did their comparison Compared to other From Software games, oh yeah, let's um, here let me shut off my Xbox. I can check and see what Dark Souls Three looks like. Uh, let's see here. See the difference there is going to be the difference there is going to be is that like Dark Souls Three, um, is it's very linear. It's very linear. Let's see. How do you see how big it is? Would it be manage? It is under where would it be under properties, local files. 20 gig so the total install size of dark souls 3 is 20.33 gig so we're talking about you know twice that um it's about twice that then at 44 gig for elden ring which again i would have expected it to be significantly larger than dark souls 3 because dark souls 3 is very linear very on rails and you know elden ring is um looks to be just absolutely massive the plus dlc yeah i don't know if i even have the dlc installed ash and i'm not sure do they bake that in automatically when you get dark souls uh three now you know people using lono lewd what did i say what what did i say uh skyrim special edition with all dlc installed is 15 gig Uh, yeah an older game for sure though will come in and clock in quite a bit lower i would i would think um, I don't know how. I don't know what the install size is uh, for Sekiro. Marvel Avengers is 128 gig. I think it gets really challenging for a game like that, though, because there's all those individual audio lines for every single character. That adds up very, very quickly. Who knows? You could have a lot of just unoptimized stuff in there. It's 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 difficult to know. Um, from in-laws fridays different game engines just handle things differently also that is true some game engines need you know bulkier files and again horizon forbidden west could be using you know the 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 texture files and the lighting stuff could be taking up a significant portion of uh of the install i think so yes i believe the dlc is included with the fire 
Fades Edition. Yo, good morning, Insanity. Happy holidays and best wishes. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. We know it's Christmas Eve. We might have a lighter day and a lighter turnout because people are either traveling or not working, and that's okay. We wanted to do a show for you guys. Um, I, I, I was like... I was sort of like, you know what? <laughs> Let's do a show. Let's do a show. Call of Duty Warzone's over 100 gig. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The HD texture packs is where you really start to see the install size go bigger and bigger. I think Elden Ring will be a game added to over time. I can see it launch 45 to 60 gig uh, and then whatever comes from the future, right? Yo, thank you, African Jedi. Yeah, I've got on my Punisher Christmas t-shirt. I've got on my old man sweater. I am ready for the holidays. I am ready. I got my coffee right here. Rageless. This is a taste taste sample for a new Rageless Roast flavor we're trying to come up with. I think this one's good. I think this one might be it. Big games don't always require big install sizes as well as seemingly small games having massive install sizes. Sure. Red Dead 2 was big enough. I'm just curious because, again, when the Elden Ring gameplay became viewable to the public, Fextra Life is like, we dumped 70 hours into this game and we feel like we only interacted with, you know, 12% of the map. And it's like, my gosh, this game is going to be enormous. You know, love the sweater. Thank you. Too bad you can't have eggnog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The house has to go dry for the holidays. Um, that's <laughs> that's always a bummer. <laughs> I think Elden Ring... Oh, you said that already. Now, that's something I said in my intro video, okay? I, I actually am curious what you guys would prefer, okay? Elden, uh, Elden Ring ongoing content style. Which would you prefer? Spaced out... DLC uh, or more live service oriented spaced out DLC or would you want it to be more live service oriented I'm just going to take out the word more and I'll just say live service oriented or spaced out DLC I'm curious I'm curious because live service is becoming sort of like a dirty word in the industry people hear live service and they're like oh no no i don't want live service that means you're gonna you're gonna be doing a battle pass and that means you're gonna be doing this and you're gonna be doing that you know ps5 data compression is coming in big right that could affect horizon forbidden west install size sure it could if you guys are just tuning in it's from friday we know it's christmas eve so merry christmas to you even if you don't celebrate it we want you to have a warm weekend uh even if it's cold outside and uh, thanks for being here. But every Friday is From Friday, dedicated to From Software coverage. Elden Ring in the morning, and then our afternoon stream is gameplay. We'll be working on Sekiro this afternoon, unless we feel like it's not a good decision. Because that we, we if if the day if the day just doesn't get going, we we might not want to do that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I was lucky enough to get into the playtest, says Dan. There was so much to do. I'm uh, not shocked about 70 hours in a small in that small of an area. Okay. Archangel Actual says true, but didn't he replay the tech test multiple times so he could be looking at a smaller map? I could be wrong. I only watched his video once it released. Are you talking about Fextra Life? I'm a very casual FromSoft player, says Atomic T. I'm still trying to beat Dark Souls 3, but I'm not sure a live service would fit well for this type of game. I think it would work because it's open world. I don't necessarily think you could do this with the older games. 
I don't know if you would have been able to do a live service Bloodborne or or a Dark Souls three or a Sekiro. But the minute you go open world, I think it fundamentally changes the nature of the game because you can always add to it. I, I'm I'm looking at Ghost of Tsushima and thinking the same thing. I'm like. The minute you've got that open world map, I believe it changes how you can add content, right? I'm very, uh, what did this say? Oh, Christopher says, live service is great only for certain games, though. Okay. Uh, Live service, or or as I call it, a DLC over three months. That is certainly the valid concern that people have in the gaming community is, rather than just give me the DLC so that I can play it and enjoy it, you space it out. Here's why I don't think From Software would do that. Let's just imagine they want to dip their toes into live service, and Elden Ring gameplay is where they see the plane landing. They're like, we can do a live service with Elden Ring, okay? I would think, given that this is not a game like Destiny or The Division, where they need people logging in every day, they need people logging in over the course of a season to give a semblance of the game is alive, the game is healthy, matchmaking, etc. Well, From Software is not building a game like that. So I don't think they would feel that temptation or that need or that sense of, we need to stretch this content out over three months. I believe what they could do is sort of a quasi-DLC live service situation where you do get a significant update, and then after that update, things sort of happen in the world and expand and evolve to give you that sense of the game is alive and evolving, but you're not sitting there waiting for content to come. Does that make sense? The problem with live service is it should be... It could be affected by lag. Only when you're playing online with other people, Kareem, if you play co-op or PvP, which... You can do that now in the, in the in the other games anyway. Strangely enough, says Ashen, I'd be fine with live service to kind of reshape the world or change enemy positions, but I think From Software is more comfortable with DLC as an introducing new areas. Based on the story elements, Ashen, it seems like there might be developments that change the world. They're stuck in this stalemate war. That's what the one video shows, right? They're stuck in this seemingly endless stalemate war. Are we not going to have an impact on that? Are we not going to make things maybe change or shift? Or maybe there's a victory. Maybe there's a loss. Maybe there's a death. Maybe there- If we're unseating rulers and, and kings or whatever, I would imagine that's, gonna, that, that's potentially going to change the world. That's going to change the instances and where things are, I would think. If not, then what are we doing? It seems that the story is epic in scope and impact. We're not just showing up and being like, okay, we're, you know, we're on a boss run. No, we're, we are looking for the Elden Ring. We're going to try and reforge the Elden Ring. From, from what the stories say, that once it was destroyed, it, it, the, the land has been thrown into eternal stalemate war. Yo, good morning, Mitch. How are you? Uh, lurking, hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you, Water Marlin. I appreciate that. Uh, Digita Comet says spaced out DLC spaced out DLC seems to fit the game more to me. A lot of people agree with you, Digita Comet. Christopher says open world games doesn't mean it should be live service, but it does open up for some events. Yeah, let me make that a little bit more clear, Christopher. I don't think open world means live service. What I think is though is open world opens that door. I don't think you can do live service with a linear Bloodborne, Sekiro, or a Dark Souls three. I don't think it would work. I don't. I think you'd be trying to ham-fist it in. But I think when you have an open world, 
I think the possibility for live service becomes an option. Doesn't mean you have to, it just becomes an option. Merry Christmas Eve to you, Sven. Panoptic says, usually From Software does two DLCs and usually that's it and they move on to the next project. What keeps Souls games alive is the PvP crowd. Now, Panoptic, that is where my theory was formed, okay? When I look at Elden Ring and the praise it's receiving and the size and scope and what they've tried to do with this, this feels like From Software's magnum opus. This will be one of the greatest games ever created. It will be their greatest game. I don't think you create a game like this and then say, yeah, after the second DLC, we're done. I don't think so. I see them building something that is intended to last. That was the beginnings of my theory, that this may be their their jump into live service, an ongoing, evolving world that looks very different five years from now. Now, that doesn't mean you cannot experience vanilla Elden Ring. It would be probably determined on your character and your save. You could opt to go through like a portal or something that takes you to a certain timeline. You know how you you travel in in the From Software games? They could develop a system where you would go to epochs and eras that unlock for you. Like if you beat the entire game and then there's DLC and things change, you would go through that door, as it were, to enter that era of Elden Ring. And somebody who just wants to play the vanilla experience can still experience the vanilla experience and they'll get there when they get there. There are ways to do this that doesn't corrupt like a late adopter's experience. Let me get some clarity, says Techno. In the live service environment, would the content be removed after a certain time? Because if so, I'm against it. I think I just unintentionally answered your question. I don't think a From Software game would work in an environment where stuff is leaving or disappearing or becoming inaccessible. You would want somebody coming in eight months later to be able to experience the vanilla Elden Ring story. It looks to be amazing, and you wouldn't want them to not be able to do that because the quote-unquote world has changed. I think either option is great, says Dan. I know that they've always gone with DLC, but they've brought people back, which is great. But live service for this game seems to be a viable option as well. I'm trying to read a lot of your commentary this morning. You guys have good thoughts. Scott says, I prefer to be able to keep the game vanilla if I want. I get behind on games and I want to come back to the same world as it started. It being, uh, yeah, you being a dad and a work thing. Exactly, exactly. I would never campaign for an Elden Ring gameplay experience that evolves and then the rug gets yanked out from under you. And you're like, well, I I, I took a break or I couldn't play for a couple of months and now the game's different. You know what I mean? Portal Ideas plus one, Dragon's Dogma added an island. Yeah, it would basically be like DLC. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you would be going through and then it would just be different once you're in there. Do you think they'll experiment with some sort of seasonal play like Diablo did? That could also be amazing, could it not, Rogue? Oh my gosh, can you imagine making a seasonal character in Elden Ring and going through all these challenges and steps? Like, they could have bosses that are different for the sake of a challenge or something and or you have to fight a boss with like well no you can't use any magic like that you know how in Diablo it like gives you all these things to advance the chapter and you get to the end and you get this amazing like armor set you can put on any of your characters going forward oh that'd be sick that'd be sick I think they could do seasonal characters that would be awesome and I think from software fans would dig it because there's something that's always exciting about starting a fresh character and having an actual incentive to do it 
aside from just sort of wanting to yourself I, I don't know I, I, th- I think that's I think that's got legs I really do look how many different builds and spells and you know all the Elden Ring magic and the, uh, the all the Elden Ring weapon arts come on you, you could have a blast with that you could never get tired of the game if every three months it's like hey time to make a new seasonal character if you want and then all the stuff you get you can pass on to like your main character or whatever it is you're working on and the loot the way they're doing weapon arts and spells this game is really going to allow the game to breathe that's a, yeah see ash and i are on the same wavelength what's good hex merry christmas to you hex merry christmas to you and snow appreciate it very very much appreciate you guys very very much um thanks for being here homie uh okay i was just checking okay checking my email it's just a square enix thing they're doing some kind of a holiday sale it's all about dlc says god among gamers yeah 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 good morning anthony noberto says i rotate a few games so spaced out dlc is perfect for my lifestyle archangel says as much as i love from software games i would love a reason to come back to the game besides killing the bosses or other players in the same uh is the same reason over and over and over again right right Merry Christmas to you, Kyrian. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, Donkey Sausage. Morning, Lono, and Merry Christmas. You too, Sorcerer. Uh, Brandon says, DLC is the best for real. Uh, Adam says, I like the concept of a live service, but in practice, it tends to be time-gated stuff that serves the increase of logins and fails to provide the DLC binge I like. Seasonal format like Diablo does not it is live service, and it certainly... It certainly is not. It certainly is not a, um, uh, oh, you must log in, you must log in. Or they space it out. You know what I mean? Wouldn't mind a live service if it it was implemented well. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's got to be implemented well. I agree. I agree. Paul's Gaming has uh, an interview. Dark Souls creator, uh, I've read this before, but this is good. Hidetaka Miyazaki would love to take a crack at creating a Battle Royale title someday. Battle Royale? I thought the interview was live service. Does this mean we can expect a Battle Royale or live service game from Miyazaki? He says, it's always a possibility. These games are definitely fun. If we did it, it might be a bit different. But we're definitely interested interested, and there's definitely that possibility in the future. We may take a crack at them someday. Was he? When I originally read this, I don't remember Battle Royale being a part of the discussion. I remember it being about live service. Deadly Dad Gaming with a $10 tip. Merry Frickmas, you filthy animal. Hope you and your loved ones are well and your holidays are filled with joy. Thank you, Deadly Dad Gaming. I appreciate that. I think From Software games work best as a secondary game that you come back to every so often. I think DLC will allow the user to take breaks and I believe keep the game interesting. That's the, I, I definitely think that's one of the that's one of the takes people that's the angle some people take Watts is well DLC allows me to just kind of come back periodically or have a reason to come back live service there's this pressure to to, to, to log in and to sign in right and I would definitely not want it to feel like that I would want it to be this is this is how I envision them doing it it would be a hybrid of the DLC format with live service so you know, six months after launch, they would release this giant DLC, okay? And in the months that follow that DLC, 
things would be happening in the world to give it that live service feel. Now, obviously, that means if you want to see those things happening in time, you'd have to kind of log in to see them happening. But if you wanted to just play the DLC later at your leisure, that's that's okay too. You're not, you know, you're going to miss out on some of the world evolution and some of the world events maybe, but you're not going to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to log in because the DLC would be the bulk of the content. The only way I see working is they do something like uh, Monster Hunter uh, Iceborne did, like support it for two years, but beyond that, uh, old players will uh, be ticked. Yo, good morning, Lethal Escape. Merry Christmas Eve to you, too. There could be scope for introducing world bosses that correspond with rotating seasons or something. That's always the... Here's... here's You guys are... We're all bucking up against the same thing. Good morning, Proto. We're all bucking up against the same challenge. When you go live service, you, people immediately get concerned about FOMO. FOMO stands for Fear of Missing Out. FOMO being like, I'm afraid I'm going to miss out. I'm, uh, there's this weird pressure to log in and play. I don't want to miss out. I don't. I, I got to be there. I got to be there. I got to be there, right? I 100% get that. I do. And we're all bucking up against it. I myself would not want a fan of the game to feel like they have to log in or they're going to miss out on this thing that's going to happen. I, like, I 100% get that. But... The minute you have an open world game, that's a possibility to have those really cool moments. Those, those, oh my gosh, it was so cool. You had to be there. There was a world boss that was available. Now, they could make world bosses if they, let's just say they take my idea. There could be a world boss that's available for like a week or something, or a whole month. I don't know. And then it rotates. But again, then you're dealing with people feeling like, well, that's not a From Software game. I didn't get a chance to partake, right? Do we know how long they plan to support the game with additional content? They've said nothing, Watts. I am purely theorizing based off of everything that I've seen. Based based off of what I've seen from map size to game quality, you get the sense that this is their magnum opus. This is going to be their greatest game, okay? I don't think you build a game like this and throw two DLCs at it and then just on to the next like I don't think so I don't think they're going to give this the traditional treatment that's not the impression that I get I could be completely misreading the tea leaves but when I look at this when I look at this game and how they're marketing it and all that they're letting people see the Elden Ring tech tests uh, the Elden Ring gameplay it's just no no way there, there, there's so much more here than just a, than just a, another Dark Souls that they give two DLCs Magical fat guy with four months of subs. Merry Christmas, boss man. Glad to see you streaming today, or else I would have to listen to something else at work or rewatch a stream. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be here for you. John Collins says, bah humbug. Oh, come on, Scrooge. There's some games where FOMO just seems inevitable. I get it. I get FOMO constantly. Um, regardless of what... Regardless of what From Software is doing, we need people making battle royale games and live services, he said. And we need people making single player focus experiences. We feel that this diversity is what will keep everyone going. So he did actually say the word battle royale. Got it. He did. I think a live service would go against the Soulsborne formula. I think they could do it in a way that 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 honors the formula and honors the player. But I do think there's a risk. I do. When the Elden Ring release date gets here and everybody goes and installs the game, 
that comes with the assumption and the expectation of we are all playing the same game and having the same experience the minute you dabble in live service that can all change because maybe you weren't there maybe you missed out maybe you were out of town for that month or couldn't play or whatever maybe you were suddenly on a big project and for the month of something going on you you couldn't do the thing donkey sauces with a whole year 12 months that badge should be turning green for the few of you that are actually hitting a whole year. You and Melrose Mike hit a whole year this morning. Thank you for that. If you're new and enjoying the conversation, do me a favor. We'd love to meet you. Every Friday is From Friday. Talking From Software Games. We'll be playing Sekiro this afternoon. You have to hit subscribe to talk in the chat, and we'd love to meet you and, uh, and interact with you in this community. I'm a safe-for-work broadcaster. Monday through Friday, I'm doing this show. You can subscribe in confidence. You're going to get video game news in your sub all week. And you can throw me on in the background like video game radio. And you don't got to worry about the language I'm going to be using. A constantly evolving Souls game sounds absolutely brilliant. It sounds so good, and yet it sounds so risky, right? It's like, oh, that could be so amazing. But then you think of all the potential pitfalls and problems that could come from it, right? you could have that feeling of FOMO. You could have those moments where I want to be able to play every square inch of every piece of content that Elden Ring ever gets, and if you do live service, there's a risk that I won't be able to do that. Those are completely justifiable concerns and worries. That's how I feel about the season of Destiny and Witch Queen. I'm planning a wedding and getting married, and I'm going to miss a lot. Live service is great, but I hate FOMO. And it's unavoidable. You take the good with the bad, right? A live service game constantly gives you new experiences and new things to do, and the game evolves over time. And the pitfall and the downfall to that is, if you miss, if you can't play, if there's a season of your life where you're just too busy, new baby, new job, whatever, then you don't get to experience those things. There are pros and cons to live service. It's not all good, and it's not all bad. Certainly. Where are you at Sekiro, by the way? Last time I saw you, you were up against Robert. I think we're trying to circle back and do side bosses, so I'm going to need somebody to help me get to the Seven Spears guy. I think he'll be our project for today. From Software just doesn't seem like the type of company to mess this up. Oh, I, I don't think so at all. I don't. I don't. That could be what you just said. could be why Elden Ring doesn't touch live service. They know what works. They know what's familiar to them. If they're going to experiment with live service, they'll do it in another game. They won't do it with this project. This project seems too big and important to them. But you could see it another way. This project is so big and important to them that they're not just going to give it a couple DLC pieces and walk away. They're going to let this game continue. Look at some of the things we've covered recently with Final Fantasy and what they did with Final Fantasy XIV. Look at what they did with, you know, uh, um, Diablo 3 and the Loot 2.0 system. Look at what we're speculating they're doing with Star Wars The Old Republic, okay? Think about all of that, and think about what Elden Ring could look like in two years. They could do their classic DLC style for like the first year or two, and then Elden Ring gameplay could completely change in its third year, and they say, listen... 
we are going to give you the option of downloading and stepping through a portal and when you step through that portal you're going to be experiencing a live service version of Elden Ring where there will be seasonal events, world bosses rotating things, you can make a seasonal character, you can have a very different experience in Elden Ring. I will give you an example. Not only Diablo 3 but also now No Man's Sky does this. You can play the base vanilla ever expanding almost you know, immaculately, completely different video game than it originally launched of No Man's Sky. Or, you can launch an expedition character. The two worlds don't really collide. And so you could say, alright, well, you know, Elden Ring's done very well, we're in our third year, we're gonna launch something called Seasons. And you can launch a seasonal character and da 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 and it doesn't affect the vanilla game at all. If you want to, you can do it. Like Diablo 3 right now, you can download Diablo 3 and just play the vanilla campaign, play all the DLC. You can make every character in the game and play as many times as your dadgum want to. Or you can create a seasonal character. And those worlds are separate. That one's not really harming or impacting the other. Techno says, in Warframe, there are certain world changes unlocks tied to quests, and some of those quests are three to four years old at this point and don't have a way to bypass because how important the story is. The downside is the stuff they add turns into content islands where they are connected to the main story because some players haven't done it yet, and all players want to do is the new stuff. So would the Elden Ring live service expansion be content islands to the main story or take place after it? I would envision it taking place after it, Yes. I could see it looking like this. Let's let's imagine a hybrid, okay? And they say, okay, so for the first Elden Ring DLC, you're going to be able to boot up and just completely play normal. Elden Ring gameplay is untouched. You can start a new character or whatever. But if you have an existing save that has beat the game, you can go over to this territory and you can fight this world boss. And after you fight him, that territory is going to open up to you. And it'll be a whole new world to, to to investigate and expand into so that would give it a feeling of live service right the world's evolving and expanding and yet it's not affecting the vanilla story it's it's not affecting the vanilla areas and you if you buy that DLC and go beat that guy and open up that open up that place that part of the map that that's all there for you right? That would be a hybrid that would feel like a DLC in its spirit, but in its execution, it would very much feel like live service. Like, oh wow, the world's changing. This new thing showed up. My map is getting bigger. My map looks different than yours, right? From Software Worlds have always been about times and people converging. Elden Ring seems no different in that lore, so yeah, I could see it. Even Bloodborne was all about that. Isn't that essentially what they're doing with Assassin's Creed? Yes, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is very much live service and ongoing. They are making plans to build Assassin's Creed Infinity, which will be a like a live service version of the game. I believe Ghost of Tsushima is testing out a lot of things that will lead to a live service version of Ghost of Tsushima. Maybe even a live service version of the game, almost like an MMORPG samurai game. And I believe that's what Legends and Rivals has been a testing ground for. I think that's why they gave it to everybody for free. That's why it's also been sold separately, because they really want to test that out. Elden Ring release date could show up and we don't have a clue what's going on we don't know if there's dlc we don't know if there's a roadmap this elden ring new info about the install size could point to the fact that the base game's not going to be that big it's going to be big and awesome and enjoyable it's twice the size of dark souls 3's install size but 
It could also mean they have plans to expand this world over time and, and, and really invest in this thing long term as opposed to having an 18 month DLC cycle and then that being the end of the matter. I wonder what Namco asked them to do. Also, they have problems uh, with power creep and low levels. I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, either way, says uh, Sengupta, either way, Elden Ring is a win for me after playing the network test. Best case scenario, it would change the Souls genre. Worst case scenario, it would be Dark Souls 3.5. <laughs> Happy holidays to you too, middle tier. Thank you very, very much. Alarian says, live service has great things, but let's be realistic and see all the other live services have given us. Hard pass, I'll take spaced out DLC. I think, unfortunately, live service is getting a bad rap, because in general, uh, there are plenty of games. Diablo 3 is, I think, the greatest example of successful live service. I think No Man's Sky is another great example of an ongoing live service game. I think there are great ways to do this just because we have really well and we can't even necessarily say we have bad examples I know a lot of you guys dog on destiny but the fact of the matter is that's a very successful live service game whether you want to admit it or not doesn't matter the facts are the facts that's a very long standing ongoing successful live service game as is path of exile I don't know if there's tons of examples of really bad live service games Look at Fortnite. You don't have to like Fortnite to see readily available in front of your face. It is a massively successful live service game, a giant ecosystem. I still believe that Epic is going to build an insane MMO and they've been using Fortnite to test everything. They've used Fortnite to test building, mechs, planes, vehicles, combat, open world traversal. I, I think I think they're I think all of that's been a testing ground for a big giant massive MMO. Can you imagine? Fortnite Battle Royale and then in two or three years they're like Fortnite MMORPG that's all they would need to do and it would be insanely popular they would need to double their server capacity from what it is right now Twinklers are players that finish the game and they don't level up and they get all that powerful gear and then they invade in starting zones oh yeah I mean that's basically degenerate behavior that has to be guarded against because that does disrupt the spirit of PvP for sure. So they'll have to deal with that as they see fit. It can be successful and still be a crappy game. They just found an audience that enjoys eating that particular flavor of Dookie. That has got to be one of the most arrogant things I think I've ever read. So because you don't like it, it's crap. And all the other people that like it, I, what are they stupid and beneath you? So you have, you have massively successful ongoing live service games. Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, Destiny, Diablo 3. And because you don't like them, they're bad? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it, be, pretty, wouldn't it be pretty clear that the commercial success of these games means they're, they're doing something right? They are successful. They are good in their own context. They're good in their own context. It's not like the millions of people that play these games are somehow delusional or stupid. They just like something that you don't. In No Man's Sky, you don't have to interact with the live service parts of the game. That's what I hate most about them when they become the entirety of the game. However, Techno, you have to concede and admit that No Man's Sky's ongoing live support of that game has made it insanely better. Do you want to have a pure vanilla No Man's Sky experience and you don't want to interact with any of the live service elements? Then 
then you can't. You can't. You'd have to have a CD of it, a, a DVD of it, and install it to a, a, a console with no internet. So you can't download any of the updates. You can't. You can't deny. You can't deny that 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 there's more to this than just the expedition content. If No Man's Sky never did the expedition's content, I would still consider it a live service game, because it's it's been an ongoing, expanded, improved uh, experience. When they started letting you make vehicles, when they started letting you build, when they added the Artemis campaign, all of that was live service. That wasn't that wasn't DLC. Number one, it didn't cost anything, and number two, it evolved and expanded the base game. That's live service. That, that the the seasonal the expedition content is certainly more concretely live service because it's here for a moment and then that expedition is over, but. You can't drink from the cleaner bowl of water and act like, oh, well, the, the, I just want to play the vanilla experience. But you're not playing the vanilla experience of No Man's Sky. You're, you're, you're playing 100% a, a, a live service version of No Man's Sky. This guy is out of touch with the Souls community 1,000%. Well, you literally subbed 60 seconds ago, so enlighten me on how I'm out of touch. I'm asking the question and theorizing about what they might do with Elden Ring. How does that make me out of touch with the community? Speaking in theory and asking people for feedback. I guess what you, you view that as being out of sub with the Souls community who who shows up in large quantity every Friday to watch me talk from software games and play their games. But I'm out of touch. Fallout 76 best live service game changed my mind. We're also kind of blurring the lines of what live service means. The game is expected to have ongoing support, which doesn't fall into the live service area. No, I disagree. Ongoing support is not what I'm talking about. No Man's Sky hasn't had ongoing support. It's had ongoing updates, expansions, and changes. That's live service. That's live service. I'm not talking about bugs and and patches. I'm not talking about that. Like, any game that patches their game is not live service. That's that's not what I'm saying at all. Right? That's, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. I reference No Man's Sky and their insane amount of updates and massive evolutions of the game. Techno says, I agree, but I don't feel the pressure of going and doing the next season, or I guess the FOMO I hate most. Or the FOMO doesn't land on you, Techno. There is FOMO in No Man's Sky with expeditions. Make no mistake, you just don't care about it. What if you did? It sounds like you're trying to connect using questions to me. Yeah, I'm literally asking people. that The poll at the top of the chat is, which would you prefer? Because I want to know. What what does the From Software community think? What's the Souls community think? I'm not, I'm not telling you what I think they think. I'm asking you what you think. I do think that's true, though, Techno. I think that the Expedition's format in No Man's Sky, just because it's not pulling you in, doesn't mean it's not laden with very basic FOMO. It's not bad FOMO, it's just very basic. If you miss out on an Expedition, you can't go back and ever get those things. That jetpack, that ship, that cosmetic whatever, you can't go get them. They're gone. Now, they've given people a second time, a second chance, and they shortened the window for Expeditions 1 through 4 or 5 or whatever, and they've and they've and they've made the the requirements lower. So if you wanted to kind of blitz through all the expeditions, well, you've kind of missed your you've I think you've missed your your chance. There may be one or two left. It all it all it all comes to a a, 
a closure in January, which I hope then leads to a bigger and better new expedition. What's a Souls community anyway? I mean, I asked a very simple question and they haven't responded, so... Live service just drops you in. No builds. Getting good ETC. It will never be on From's level. Why do you think a live service dictates they have to drop you in with no builds? I don't understand. That sentence doesn't make much sense to me. I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Lots of hardcore Souls fans out there, but community, Lamau at that. I would say you can use the word community in a very generic sense. It's not like you guys have, you know, meetings where you sign in and take attendance, but the the Dark Souls community, they definitely show up, the Souls community, whatever you want to call them, they definitely show up when I'm playing Sekiro or Dark Souls 3 because they all have very similar postures about the games. <laughs> Right, so we can't cherry pick. Live service inherently comes with things people don't like. FOMO, rotational events, ETC. It can have great things, but I don't want that in my Souls game. No, I again, I disagree with your with your definition, Alarian. Live service games do not inherently come with things that people don't like. Prior to No Man's Sky Expeditions, you could describe it as a live service game, and there was nothing about it that was FOMO or rotational or any of that. It wasn't. That it was it was a it was a wonderful expanding and evolving game. You don't have to do FOMO or rotational things. You don't have to do that. Hey, I'm part of the Souls PvP community. Well, good to meet you, Slime. Welcome. So I I don't think that's necessarily true. Now, what is true, Ilari, and this would be a better way of maybe saying what you're trying to say is live service games have been known to include things like FOMO and rotational events. But saying, well, they inherently come with these things. Oh, there's plenty of games that don't do that. Even even Diablo 3, I don't think it's fair at all to call what Diablo 3 does FOMO or rotational events. They are established seasons that last a long time and give you a great reason to come in and create a seasonal character. Right? Yo, what's good, Benj? Hope everyone's holiday is great. Thank you. You too. So, yes, they do this. They have been known to do this, but there's plenty of games that don't. Most most FOMO stuff is related to timed events or battle passes. Not all live service games have that. That's exactly right. That's, that's, That's what I'm saying. Techno says, in Path of Exile and Warframe, they just sort of, uh, accrete content nothing is really ever removed just people move past the news for the new stuff right 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 anecdote two i'm two rings away from platinum and dark souls 3 i'm playing a very similar game and sharing experience with people from four years ago i like that with seasons that wouldn't happen well and i i made that case earlier alarian if elden ring gameplay evolves changes or whatever if they do live service elements or things I would never want the vanilla Elden Ring game to be lost in that. Does that make sense? I would never want that to happen. I would want somebody to come behind two years later and be able to download, play, and enjoy the Elden Ring gameplay experience. The Elden Ring release date version. Bam. Here you go. I'm 100% in support of that. Yo, Benj, thanks for renewing your membership getting that teal badge welcome back i appreciate that 
So yeah, I I would never want that. I am on your side with that part. I think people hear live service and they automatically think I'm sitting here asking for an Elden Ring battle pass and seasons. No. They could do seasonal characters the way Diablo does and it'd be awesome because it would never touch the base game. They could also do a DLC live service hybrid where when they announce a DLC and it lands, it evolves and expands a whole new section of the map. But it doesn't affect the base game. Do you see? Like, I am 100% not here right now campaigning for some seasonal, you know, FOMO, Battle Pass, Elden Ring. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. A Crete to grow by accumulations, accumulation or coalescence. I like that word. That's a cool word. If they do it the way AC Valhalla does live service, what's the problem? You won't lose anything from the main game. Another great... Thank you, Sven. I forgot about AC Valhalla. AC Valhalla's doing live service, and they're not doing all of the cliche battle pass, FOMO, seasonal, come get a Christmas hat stuff. They, I think they did a, a holiday event, but I think holiday events are... I don't think they're worthy of like criticism. It's almost always free... And it's just totally throwaway and fun for people that want to see snow on the ground and get unique cosmetics. I I think people that get all up in arms about holiday events, I I think they need to touch grass. It's not that big of a deal. They're they're just for fun, you know. The sweater is fly. Thank you, sir. Thank you. What you know? What I'm trying to bring? I'm trying to bring old man. Like I'm trying to bring like old man. What would you call it? Old man style. I'm trying to mix the old with the new, right? I got like really cool hip t-shirts from 80s tees and then an old man's sweater, you know? It's, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> boom, boom millennial. Boom millennial uh, will be our new uh, product line of clothing, mixing, you know, millennial sentimentalities about clothing and, and style and boomers. Welcome to Boom Millennial. Clean your dentures, old man. <laughs> I just need a pipe and a book, and I'm good to go, you know? <laughs> Where did touch grass phrase come from? Am I getting old? Once I realized what it means, I decided I really like touch grass. <laughs> I like it. It means go outside. It means you play too much. Alarian says, I gotcha. I'm saying that when we say live service, we can't cherry pick only the good stuff we want and say, well, this is negative stuff would never happen. Of course, I'm always down for the good stuff. Homie, I think I can confidently say, I think I can confidently say that the bad stuff that comes with live service would never land in in an Elden Ring game. I don't think Elden Ring gameplay is going to fall victim to what you would consider. I don't even know what you would consider to be. I really don't. Let's let's actually really analyze this for just a second. Because I wonder if there's presumption and assumption in the whole in your entire starting place. Let's press in on your starting position. Your starting position is that live service does things that are bad. I think I'm I think I'm summarizing you concisely and fairly when I say that. That's your starting position. Oh, but live service games can do things that are bad, okay? And then let's define what those bad things are. FOMO, fear of missing out, rotational content, okay? Stuff that you can miss out on. Okay. Can we explain why that's automatically bad? Because when I look at Fortnite or Destiny or the seasonal content right now in New World, I don't think it's fair to just presume and assume it's bad. 
Why is it automatically bad? You have to argue that it's bad. You haven't done that. You've presumed and assumed that it's bad. Largely, seemingly based on the fact that you don't like it. Get beyond, I don't like this. What's what's wrong with it? What? Why is it bad? That's what I want to hear. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying you need to argue that it's bad first before building your premise on that. I was about to say something similar. Doesn't the From fan base have more faith in From to trust that if they did this, they would do it in a way that would be true to From games? Exactly. Merry Christmas, creature. We just should have sent you a Christmas card. I totally dropped that ball. From Software has a track record of success. I would bet that they would do live service their own way. I agree. I agree. But with that logic, says Alarian, I could show you every From Software game from the last 15 years and say, well, live service would never happen because it's never happened. Yeah, but that's circular reasoning. It's not going to happen because it hasn't happened. That's, that's, no. I'm never going to get in a car wreck because I've never been in a car wreck, right? I'm never going to trip and break my arm because I've never tripped, I've never tripped and broke my arm. Like you can't, that's not, that's not a, that's not solid reasoning. That's that's like circular reasoning. You could say it's unlikely that I'm going to trip and fall because I've never tripped and fall before. Like, I'll give you an example with like my phone. I've never had one of my iPhones get cracked and destroyed. That doesn't mean it can't happen. But you could say it's unlikely given the pattern of this guy carrying around an iPhone for over a decade that he's going to drop it and break it. It's unlikely. Doesn't mean it can't happen or won't happen. You could say it's unlikely. You'd say, well, it's unlikely From Software is going to do a live service game. Why? Well, they haven't done it for the past 15, you know, games. <clears throat> and you might be right. You might be right. They might be like, yeah, this format doesn't work for live service. Live service also means releasing a game that is just a skeleton of its actual self and adding basic content over time. No, that's also false. That's demonstrably false. I can demonstrate why that is false. Diablo 3 didn't do that. No Man's Sky did it, but it wasn't the, that wasn't the goal. They had a flood and lost work and had to rebuild certain asset, assets and aspects of the game. That certainly isn't true of Path of Exile. It certainly isn't true of any other live service game that's been successful. Didn't launch a skeleton of itself and then just add in basic content over time. You sound like somebody who played Destiny. <laughs> I see the destiny underneath your claims, sir. It's not bad because of seasonal, says Hilarion. I'm saying the style of content is very fast food transactional. I don't want that in a Souls game, as it doesn't jive with how lore and the world typically exists. Now you're making a better argument, okay? Even though your 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 launch pad is you don't want it, let's let's take the back half. This is a better, I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you argue about this in a better way. <laughs> there, you could say it in this way. Stay, stay objective, stay as objective as you possibly can. You could say, live service games commonly add things that are seasonal or rotational or laden with FOMO, fear of missing out. Those elements don't seem to fit or square with the lore and the execution of the worlds and the story in the From Software Encyclopedia. That's a much better argument than I don't like it or it's bad. No, 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 no. You're getting down to the meat when you say the identity and the execution 
of the story in the worlds in the From Software encyclopedia, and even from what we've seen of the Elden Ring gameplay, that wouldn't fit. <clears throat> that would seem to be at odds with what these games tend to promise and deliver. Right? And here I come to push against your argument. So I've just made a very, I've just tried to make your argument as good as possible. And now I'm going to argue against it. Okay. (laughs) None of that, none of what you've said means there cannot be live service elements and ongoing evolutions of the game that can help the game and the franchise and the type evolve into something bigger than what they've been up to now. As long as the vanilla experience is retained and protected, everything you've said doesn't necessarily have to come fruition. They could add stuff that is rotational or seasonal, and it doesn't necessarily have to corrupt and disrupt the base game and the vanilla experience. Case in point, expeditions in No Man's Sky and seasonal characters in Diablo 3. So even at its best, that argument is more of a caution sign than it is a rejection of a live service Elden Ring. Does that make sense? Man, I love man. I, this is I love doing this. You guys, we got some really really good uh, discussions as of late. I'm surprised you're streaming today and not with the fam. Thank you, JC. We had uh, we had an early arrival of in laws, so I said, well, I'm gonna work then. <laughs> They can have a they can have a, a day with the kiddos and that'll be fun for them. How's the coffee? It's good. It's good. Yo, uh, oh, that's not a membership. Sorry, I almost shouted out somebody subscribing. I don't do that unless you talk in uh, in in the chat. <clears throat> and don't mistake my position. I'm sure there's a reality where they could do that with live service successfully my position is i haven't seen it executed before that necessarily would be good for me so alarian we can make it we can make it we can cut we can drop down out of the out of the ideological and the philosophical and let's get personal okay let's get beneath the fog here of of the discussion which has been very enjoyable okay let's get underneath and get personal you yourself personally don't like the seasonal character format of diablo 3 you don't like the expedition format of no man's sky I'm curious, not as if that's some sort of an indication of the weakness or the strength of your argument. I'm curious just about you personally. You don't like that? Because that's going to have a significant effect on on your desire to see it elsewhere. I happen to love it, so I'm obviously being a little bit of an evangelist, right? I really like the expedition format in No Man's Sky. I really like the seasonal format in Diablo 3. So I'm like, man... I think this has got legs in other genres, in other game types. So I'm I'm taking up for it. That's my bias. I'm I'm owning I'm owning my bias and explaining why I'm leaning in in support of it. Chris says, "What class archetypes would you like to see added uh, at the full release that weren't in the network test?" Chris, I don't have enough knowledge to tell you that. Are there any that you want to see added? Because I don't. I'm not. I'm not as well versed enough to tell you. Like, number one, I couldn't tell you all the ones that were in the tech test. I sadly didn't get in. And number two, I, I couldn't tell you what was missing, even if I knew the list. Do, is there one that you think was missing? 
Valerian says, I would 100% not engage with seasonal format. I liked it in Diablo 3 and played a bunch, but in the Souls world, there is so much to discover about the world and story without it. Brett says, yay, you're streaming. Hey, man, thanks for being here. Merry Christmas. Valerian, I want you to think about something. Diablo 3 seasonal format worked for a handful of reasons. I think one of the greatest reasons it worked is it came very, very, very late. So everybody had kind of seen and done the story and the DLC's experiences 10 times over. If in one year's time, you've played Elden Ring up one side and down the other, and they gave you the opportunity to create a seasonal character, I'd put money on the table that you would do it. I would put a $20 bill on the table like you would make a seasonal character if it landed at the right time. You would. I think you would. If you put that much time into Elden Ring, and you got every nook and cranny, you got every little element of the game specked out, scoped out, you saw it all. And they said, we are announcing Elden Ring seasonal characters, you would make one. If they come out of the box with it, it'd be confusing for sure. I watched your I'm Done video, and I have to say I'm proud of you leaving everything behind you. You can lead people to the truth, but you can't make them believe it. You have a bright future ahead of you. Thank you, resident. I appreciate that. What did Ashen say? This is a dumb question. Is sub-based MMO live service? I believe, yes, Ashen, it's a version of live service. Yes. It's an ongoing, ever-expanding, and evolving game. Yeah. The money that you pay to access this content doesn't negate the category it falls into. It doesn't change the category that it falls into. MMOs are live service, yes, because it's an ongoing and evolving game. It's not a static world. Um, it's not something that stays as it as it was at the beginning. Um, you agree, you know you would. Alarian says, you know what? I think a seasonal character would actually bolster the PvP community in Elden Ring. I'm actually okay with that. I wouldn't play it. I hate the PvP in Souls games, but I can appreciate it. Okay, okay. Merry Christmas, Hacksman. Hope you and the family are okay. Thank you. Techno says, can I make you play Warframe, Warframe Wednesdays? I want to see how you interact with the game and how you navigate the systems. It's got live service and DLC elements. Also, it's free. Techno, I tried. I can't get into it. It's the combat loop. It's the combat and the gameplay loop. I had the same experience with Monster Hunter. I saw everything about Warframe and Monster Hunter would work so well with what I do, and I can't do it because I get bored. I played New World for 15 minutes, and I was like, I can play this game. I can run around and fight wolves and chop down trees and shut my brain off and have a good old time. But when I tried playing Monster Hunter and I tried playing Warframe, I was like, these are great games. They look great. They run great. They have really, really elaborate systems to give people lots of playtime. And I have zero desire to come back and touch it. I'm bored. I can't do it, unfortunately. Some games just don't hook my brain. I know within the first hour, I'm like, no, mm When I pick up a a Metroidvania, I know within 20 minutes to an hour if I'm going to enjoy it. I've never played a game and got to like the 10th hour and been like, well, I hated the game up until now, but now I'm a fan. That's like never happened to me. The first hour establishes the main base content loop. It establishes the skeleton. and And if that skeleton is shaky underneath the weight of my opinion and my ideas, it will never stand. I can't do it. In all Dark Souls games, certain player choices would influence the world geography in a big way. So I don't know how that will be affected in a live service game. 
this is how I picture it. So if you guys are just tuning in and you're enjoying the Elden Ring coverage, every Friday on this channel is From Friday. We cover From Software Games, Elden Ring news, in this case, Elden Ring new info about the Elden Ring release date install size. We talked about why it seems small, what that could mean about a day one patch compared it to the Horizon Forbidden West install size. If you're enjoying this this conversation in this talk show, do me a favor and hit subscribe. We'd love to meet you, talk in the chat, say hello. Uh, all week, Monday through Friday, if you subscribe to this channel, I'll be in your sub feed with video game news coverage. And you can subscribe in confidence because I'm a safer work broadcaster. A lot of people just throw me on in the background like video game radio. So thanks for being here. I'll make you play Risk of Rain 2 then. Yeah, I saw your request. We're still figuring out where those requests are going to land, Techno. You're 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 kind of coming back into an evolutionary stage in the channel where we don't have a we don't have a time slot for that right now. We're trying to figure that out. My caveat for Elden Ring live service is that I would never want stuff to go away like we already mentioned, but something like a seasonal character wipe with maybe tweaked gear, I could see it working. Uh, so you don't like JRPGs they do a lot of exposition in the first uh, 10 minutes with no gameplay you know what's funny Panoptic you nailed it you nailed me I don't like JRPGs you know what else I don't like about them I find their combat to be to be flamboyant and it feels trivial does that make sense I feel like JRPGs combat is overly flamboyant and trivial at the same time I feel like I'm swinging the sword the size of the Empire State Building like I'm in a like I'm in a baton twirling brigade and yet I'm doing so, almost nothing to the enemy. That's what that's what JRPG combat feels like to me. Here's a sword the size of a building and I'm like I'm like swinging it around like a madman and barely hurting them like slowly doing damage. The the combat always looks amazing until I get my hands on it. And then it has that like the uh, skill up described Biomutant as it felt like you were punching a pillow. That's what JRPG combat traditionally feels like to me. Now, I played. What was the one that I played that I thought was a very enjoyable and I liked the combat? What was that one? It was one of the higher rated JRPGs this year. It kind of surprised everybody. I argued it was the most accessible JRPG I'd ever played. What was that one? Pretty much, but I love it. Yeah, if you love it, they're beautiful games. Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful games. They look amazing. They, 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 it makes sense why JRPGs are super popular. Yeah, Scarlet Nexus. I really enjoyed Scarlet Nexus. That was the first time I played a JRPG, and I was like, you know what? If I wasn't a streamer, I ought to beat this game. If I wasn't a streamer with a schedule and, and time-sensitive stuff that I have to do, I would have, I would have completed Scarlet Nexus. Beautiful game. It's got, a, it's got a TV show, movie baked into it if you're interested. If you're not interested, the combat's very enjoyable. Very accessible. Don't ever criticize our skyscraper great swords, Lono. <laughs> what about turn-based JRPGs? As soon as you wrote the word turn-based, you lost me. You lost me. I can't do turn-based. No. I'm action-adventure to my core. I want to be moving, dodging, jumping, twisting, turning, swinging, slicing, shooting, blasting. Oh, man. Horizon Forbidden West, God of War, Returnal, you know, Spider-Man. These are the games that hook me with their combat and their content loop. They do. This is why I got into From Software Games. A little history about me if you don't know this. I am not 
a Souls guy. I have sort of become a Souls guy, kind of, okay? It's 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 like a vacation home for me, okay? I don't live here, all right? But I got a I got a vacation home here. <laughs> and I really like it when I'm here. I do, but I I don't stay here for very long. I just recently on this channel, 11 episode series, there's a playlist on the channel if you want to see it. Went through and beat Dark Souls 3 and I'm now working my way through Sekiro. And my history as a gamer, it'll make sense to you everything I'm saying when you learn what game was the catalyst to me entertaining the idea of like Sekiro and games like this. It was Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, I played it on normal and then I went back through and I played it on a harder difficulty because there was something about having meaningful combat around every corner and really meaningful boss fights that I particularly enjoyed. There were people that said Jedi Fallen Orders was like a very souls light game. It, it had influences from that type of combat. And then I played Ghost of Tsushima, which I believe is one of the one of the greatest video games ever created. I put it up there at the top of my list with Hellblade and Returnal. An absolute work of art worthy of award and praise and respect. It is, I believe, one of the archetypes it should be an archetype that's aspired after for open-world action-adventure RPG games is Ghost of Tsushima. At virtually every level, that game is excellent. It falters almost nowhere, okay? It makes no false moves or missteps, in my opinion, as a game, with the exception of, like, one thing, and there are these particular missions where you have to, like, go and look at a piece of rice, then go look at a stamp of, you know, foot in the mud and then go look at a twig that was broken that's the only misstep I believe the game makes it's like they kind of falter and they stagger a little bit you like this thanks mama let me check any last minute coffee orders I printed anybody that ordered yesterday should have got an email this morning you saw you saw the labels they're already packed and ready to go okay no just go well we won't take any more if we take any more they'll just have to wait <clears throat> turn based games kind of suck I play Galaxy of Heroes and that's turn based and the speed is literally the only important mod stat in the game if you don't have good speed you lose your fights the only time um the only time so, so to conclude that story Jedi Fallen Order and Ghost of Tsushima is the runway to me getting into and enjoying Souls games that's that's my history as a gamer so if you're a From Software fan welcome thank you for being here I am not a super hardcore Souls guy but I love the games and have just recently gotten really introduced to them and recently beat Dark Souls 3 and now I'm working on Sekiro so I hope you come every Friday if you're a From Software fan really looking forward to covering Elden Ring gameplay especially on the Elden Ring release date the Elden Ring new info that we covered today was the install size, speculating that it could mean a handful of things with respect to, you know, big day one patch. Why is it so much smaller than the install size of Horizon Forbidden West? Is it is it 4K textures in the dynamic lighting or the cinematic lighting that Horizon Forbidden West is going to have on the PlayStation 5? You know, because the PlayStation 5 is obviously trying to get the most out of that game. That's what we've talked about this morning. I am a safer-work broadcaster, so thank you to all of the new subs this morning who uh, I hope you're enjoying the coverage, and I hope you come back. Maybe not just on Fridays. I hope to see you throughout the week. A lot of new subs this morning. Welcome, and thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy the Sekiro gameplay later today as well. Um, so, turn-based games. I'm going to surprise you. Can you guess, if, if you know turn-based games, 
what unlikely game would I say that I actually enjoyed the turn-based combat in? If you had to guess, think like early early Xbox One, all right? Think early Xbox One era. What game did Lono play that actually had turn-based combat that he actually kind of enjoyed? Uh, some of the elements of it I thought were very, very interesting. No, I never summoned in Dark Souls 3. I beat it all by myself. Nope, not XCOM. No. It's unlikely. It's an unlikely game that that, 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 that I would say this about. No, not South Park. Not Knights of the Old Republic. No. If we get lost in the weeds, let's start talking about Souls engine limitations and how that might affect any type of the service model. Yeah, we, we should talk about that. No, not Final Fantasy V, not Blue Dragon. Uh-uh. No. Turn-based combat is like an episode of Naruto. They spend 10 minutes talking about the fight, followed by a 10-second encounter with another 5 minutes of talking, then roll credits. Omar Landry, I will give you honorary mention because Mar- Super Mario RPG was very enjoyable and I liked it as a kid a lot. I'll give you an honorary mention. Okay, I will. None of you have guessed it. No, not Star Ocean. This is this is this is a pretty this is a pretty tough one to guess because it's not a super well-known game. All right, it's not a super well-known game. No, not Valkyria. Okay, all right, here you go. Child of Light. If you've never played Child of Light, it's super, super charming. Artwork and story and soundtrack are just phenomenal. It is a phenomenal game. I'm actually bummed they didn't make a sequel. I was playing with my daughter and she loved it. And I really, really enjoy the turn-based combat in Child of Light. I can't tell you why, I just do. Typically, as soon as it's turn-based, my bra- I check out. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But, if you like turn-based games, if you like really great art style and great music, you should check out Child of Light. The only disappointing thing about Child of Light is that they didn't do a sequel, because it was, it was, it's an absolutely beautiful game. Totally underrated game. Totally underrated game. A game that can convince... Think of it in this realm. I don't like rogues, and my game of the year is Returnal. I don't like turn-based games, and I'm telling you, Child of Light is good. Think of it in that perspective. Okay? Go play Hades. Hades isn't turn-based. What are you talking about? Oh, you mean because I said I don't like rogues? I played Hades. Hades is good. Hades is excellent. Hades is top-shelf... Hades is top shelf rogue, and yet I, I don't want to play it. How are you imagining a meta level would work with live service, says Sir Mango. Many other live service games have content that assumes your max level. Max level isn't reasonable in Souls. I think what they would do is run simulations, and they would figure out approximately where people should end up when they beat the game. And then the next area that opens up as part of live service, like let's say you buy the DLC and they expand your map and there's a whole new area where you can go and fight and there's two or three new bosses and a a mini story or whatever attached to all three. They could have an approximation of where they think most people should land. I don't think they would say max level. Internally, they could run simulations and say... On average, what's the min and the max that we see people? What's the range where we see people landing when they finish the game? I'm just going to throw out a number. This this is just nonsense because I don't even know how the leveling works in it. 
let's say on average they see people ending between 40 and 50 whenever they get to the final boss and they beat him 40 and 50 well then you would set the new area to 45 because people that come in on the low end no worries they can go grind and level up Elden Ring gameplay isn't that linear from what we've seen so you could go and farm and maybe circle back to side bosses or optional bosses and and try and level up yeah sure 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 and then hit 30 you know and then hit 45 and then go into the new area right you could do I, I they, they could do it in that way I would imagine sweater looking fresh thank you max level is irrelevant look at uh Ashes of Ariandel and Ring City DLCs. They have a general rel- relative power level and can still be finished at level 1, and it's still challenging at 120. I haven't played a turn-based game since the original Final Fantasy. Yeah. Mario RPG is is absolutely phenomenal. Do you know what they need to do? I'll tell you what they need to do. If Nintendo's not paying attention to all the Final Fantasy remake hype, why aren't you doing a, a, a Mario RPG remake? It would probably be insanely popular. It'd be insanely popular. You know, who knows? Make it make it bigger and better too. It was a pretty short game, if memory serves me correctly. It wasn't super long. If you're new and just tuning in, thank you for being here. Love seeing all the new names in chat. I try to respond. Uh, Doctor Ravioli says Hades is so good. You will notice something about me in my game coverage. I do my best to praise games, even if I don't like them. I don't like Hades, and yet you'll see me praising it and recommending it. There's another one. um, What was that one called? It was actually a really, really good little rogue. And it was... um, Oh, Alpha something? What was it called? Oh, shoot. It was a little indie. It was a little indie... um, It was a little indie rogue. And I can't remember the name of it. I don't... uh, Blade Assault. Blade Assault. If you like rogues, you should check out Blade Assault. I have Blade Assault gameplay on my bigger channel, SNTR Presents. Um, Blade Assault. For those of you that like rogues, it's a a, a side-scroller platformer. And it is... It is excellent. It is excellent. Um... Um, I I I think it's I think it's one of the best it's it's one of the best little ones I played. Now I don't know how it gets long term, right? I don't know how it gets long term, but in general, I I found it I found it to be very very good. And I'm not a rogue guy. It definitely had systems and weapons and things that made me want to come back. It really really did. I found it to be uh I found it to be enjoyable. Why don't you like Hades? I don't like rogues. I do I do not like rogue. What's up, chat? Getting back from getting this. Have the day off. Let's go. Welcome in, Gilly. It didn't it didn't affect my wife at all, Gilly, so. The best thing to do usually is just drink a junk ton of water. Uh, that helps. I know that helps. Both of us the first two times. Salt and Sanctuary is pretty good. Salt and Sanctuary is a, is a Souls platformer, but yes, it's also very good. Not linear though. It's, it's it, you, you can get you can get lost. You can get lost. Risk of Rain Two is definitely the most fun rogue that I've ever played, and I'm not a big rogue guy. 
Risk of Rain is a really fun rogue. It is. And it's fun because you can play it with other people. Can you imagine being able to play Returnal Co-op? Oh my gosh. What a what a blast. What a patch that would be. If they updated Returnal and gave you the ability to play with a buddy, just the challenges, not the full game. Like, just the challenges. Like, let me go in and run a challenge mode where you like they give you all the crazy loadout and everything and you're trying to, like, achieve stuff, just let me run that with a buddy. It would just be an absolute dadgum blast. It'd be so fun. I think Returnal is the best rogue ever made, personally. Um, I think it's better. I think it kicks the ever-loving snot out of, out of, uh, out of Deathloop. I appreciated Skillup's Deathloop, um, review. Somebody finally called the game out on how, how mediocre it was. I don't know why it got the tens and nines that it did. But as far as Elden Ring gameplay and the potential of like live service and expanding it and getting larger and getting bigger or whatever um i think i i really do i think that i think it's got potential with the open world and my gosh what a strong day you guys are awesome i was i was i was nervous about streaming on christmas eve i was like i don't know man i don't know youtube is a different animal that's for sure that's for sure what a what a great day thank you for being here do you find that all games are kind of easy mode now that you completed Dark Souls 3? I fall asleep playing games like Uncharted now. Dr. Ravioli, do you want to know what I want to do? I want to do an entire playthrough of Ghost of Tsushima on Lethal. Because, and I, like, God of War, I want to play God of War and just crank the dadgum difficulty when it comes to PC in January. Um, because, yeah. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Dr. Ravioli... I still have the heart of a casual, right? I may have, like, the muscles the muscles of a Souls player. Like, I can hold my own, right? I can pick up the heavy sword and go, go to work in hard content. I may have the muscles of a Souls player, but I am still a casual at heart. I kind of like playing a game and just, you know, parrying, blocking, slice, slice, slice. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I definitely am so casual in my heart. So I go back to I go back to Ghost of Tsushima and I am just like having my way with people and it's so fun. Super fun. Especially with the new armor they released in the Ghost of Ikishima expansion. Most people have the day off, that's why I can be here. I think our audience has changed, Gilly, because in the past we were so heavily work and lurk that when I streamed on a holiday, we got demolished. So it's cool to see how much with the channel and the communities evolved. Where are you in Sekiro? Uh, we just beat uh, Genichiro, and we are now like side boss hunting. I beat some ninja guy down in a in a in like a the opening area. You like climb down, and he's down in there. And I think today we're looking for seven spears. Uh, I'm gonna need your guys' help finding him. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna try and whoop him today. I've gotten, I've gotten, I'm very, I think I'm very quick at taking bosses down because people are like, Genichiro is a turning point. Madam Butterfly is a turning point. I beat Madam Butterfly my third try. I beat Genichiro on my ninth try, maybe? I almost gave up on Genichiro because I did not like the second phase surprise. I don't like that. People talked him up, talked him up, talked him up, and I whooped him. I beat him on I beat him on like my fifth try. You know, he's got his two bars, beat his two bars, and then his stupid dumb second phase lightning. I only got to the lightning phase three times, and the third time I just de- freaking demolished him. It felt so good. 
How do you feel about the combat now? Oh, I like it. Yeah, the bridge night was funny. I was like, this is forever. This is eternal. What is this? <laughs> Robert. Stupid Robert. You plan on getting off later tonight? Good for you, John. We're all very proud of you. Be sure to be sure to, you know, track that in a notebook or something. It's lovely when it clicks. You can absolutely own. Yeah, yeah. We come for the gameplay, but we stay for the rage. Yeah. Genichiro didn't break me because he was hard. He broke me because I don't like getting sucker punched. I hate it. That's why Madam Butterfly broke me the very first time I played the game. She didn't break me because she was hard. She broke me because of the sucker punch. I didn't like feeling betrayed. I was like, what? No. We had an agreement. I take away your little red dots and you die. That's our that's our contract. We had a binding contract, sir. But I channeled it, turned it into determination, and beat him. Uh, sucker punches like a ninja would. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Ape is the rage point. Hey, that knight was trying to save his fu- son by serving the monks. His story is so tragic. Yeah, well... I pushed him off and made him fall. It was kind of like magic. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why, but the way I read your sentence, Ashen, it felt like a Dr. Seuss book, so I had to make it rhyme. (laughs) I had to make it rhyme. I suddenly felt like I was reading a Dr. Seuss book, so I was like, I've got to land the rhyme plane here. Apologies for repeating, says Benj. Do you have a shirt for purchase of your branding? Yeah, we do. You can use the uh, the merch command. You can use the merch command. Ouch! Uh, it'll 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 take you to where all of our stuff is. Inner Inner Genichiro is amazing. Big plans for the weekend. Just bought tickets. Oh, good for you, man. Good for you. Ape is gonna be fun to watch. You know what's worse? I'm playing Magic on my phone at work. <laughs> you weakling. Ashen, you said you weren't going to play. You uninstalled it. You're weak. You are weak. Shame on you, sir. <laughs> Gilly says, am I that much of a vet now? What, With respect to what? Knowing the command? I think the Sucker Punch design is actually a good topic for From Fridays. I can't stand it. I hope Elden Ring doesn't have much of it. They didn't really do that. Well, no, here's the thing, Alarian. Dark Souls 3 did it, but you always knew that it might happen. They didn't have like a red dot like rule that gets established at the beginning. You just know I sometimes kill people and then they get back up. You know, I get them to half health and they get very grumpy. 9.5k subs when the stream started it was 9.47 let's make it to 10k yeah we've got we've gotten a lot of new subs this morning thanks for hitting the sub button do me a favor guys the likes are a little light this morning let's roll over into the 200s the shot command is now merch it might be shop homie I don't know I don't hang on no yeah it's merch I think we change it because that's just a more common colloquialism uh in the in the industry I think it's just more common (sighs) 
I was just hoping that you would push past Butterfly, hands down my favorite from software title. Yeah, we pushed past her and then and then Ginichiro took me to the red zone. I was very angry. It's still merch. No, he thought the command was shop. Gilly thought it was shop. I think there was a time where it was exclamation point shop. Elarian says that's what I mean. I think it has more to do with the humanoid-style enemies of Sekiro. They seem to lean into a lot of phased fights. Dark Souls has more clear, yes, this is probably a two-parter. Right, like, you just anticipate, like, I'm gonna kill this guy in Dark Souls, and he's probably gonna get back up and be angry or whatever, you know? And and in, and in Sekiro, th- th- here's the problem in Sekiro, Okay. If they didn't have the little red dots, if they didn't have the little red dots, and you just had to, like, whittle them down and get the kill, and then sometimes they got back up, you would just know that that sometimes happens. But when I go into the fight, and he's got two little red dots, and I take his two little red dots, and he's like, Oh, he's so cool. And he, like, rips his shirt off, and you're like, now he's got lightning, and he has a whole nother red dot? I don't like that. I don't like that. I love the way the one guy says it too. He's like, Sekiro. <laughs> that voice actor, he's my favorite. The really tall guy that had me hunting the rats. Oh man, his voice is so rich. Sekiro. On a side night with Sekiro, I think they did the face fights a lot of times for model swaps. A band aid fix for engine limitations that feels really bad. I'll tell you, that could be it. I do like that it is, um, I do like that it's story, it's like story oriented at least. So you get like a little cutscene, you know, if you guys are just tuning in, we've been discussing Elden Ring new info. The install size of Elden Ring has been revealed. We were comparing it to Horizon Forbidden West, kind of experimenting with the idea of like, I have a theory they could be doing more live service style content delivery for Elden Ring long term. There's a poll at the top of the chat. Would you prefer spread out DLC or live service oriented combat a content? And spaced out DLC is crushing with 77%. So the From Software fans are giving a resounding answer that we would prefer spaced out DLC. Thank you so much for being here. Hit subscribe. We'd love to meet you. Talk in the chat. I'm a safe for work broadcaster. You can subscribe in confidence. I'll be in your sub feed all week with live gaming talk shows like this. And because I'm safe for work, lots of people throw me on in the background like video game radio. And we appreciate everybody who enjoys the show throughout the week. And we'll be doing more Sekiro gameplay this afternoon. Every Friday is from Friday. And uh, we enjoy covering Elden Ring in the morning right now because that's the biggest name and title coming. And then we're playing through from software titles in the afternoon. I've been on a Sekiro binge, played like 40 hours in the past two weeks. Love having downtime at work. There you go. When you go, check out the old man again and look behind him. Okay, okay. I'm going to need help getting to seven spears today. I know that. I know that's a tough fight. I know it's a tough fight. Um, I, try, got, I try to get a good picture for the thumbnail, too. I try to get a good picture for the thumbnail. Um, so... CD Projekt Red needs to make a Witcher game based on the books. I mean, maybe they'll do that with the next game. Who knows? They are making another Witcher. Fight night tonight? No, Gilly. No, no. I can't. We're we're going to a thing with family for Christmas Eve. So I'll start a donation train if I get a promised Nameless King boss fight today. Just pick a number and you got it. A million dollars. 
you guys can get a tip train all the way up to a million, yeah, I'll go fight the Nameless King. I'll go fight the Nameless King and shave my beard for a million dollars. Gee, many Christmas. <laughs> when I pulled the trigger on the New World sale on Steam, oh, you did. You said, well, I did. Hopefully someone gets me a new monitor tomorrow for Christmas to play on it also. There you go. Well, we, we're on North American, um, we're on Eden binge. Make sure you get in. Make sure you get in Eden if you're wanting to play with us and get into the company and everything. We got like a 50-person company on uh, North American East Eden, as in the Garden of Eden. Uh, I'll throw you. I'd throw you on at work more, but your content's so engrossing, I get distracted. Well, I suppose that's a that's a compliment and a problem, isn't it, Scott? <laughs> I am sorry. I am sorry that I am. I'm just so good at this <laughs> that I that I corrupt your workday. You know, it's listen. It's a heavy cross to bear being this talented. It is. It's hard. It's hard being being this good and being this good looking. It's just every day is it's a it's a heavy burden to bear. You know, the just the utter weight of excellence just resting on my shoulders. <laughs> I am. T- I am totally kidding. I am totally kidding. <laughs> if only I could be so grossly incandescent. <laughs> Creature says, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now it's gone too far. Well, I've been open about therapy, and I, I do deal with narcissism, and I do deal with being self-absorbed. And one way i found I can minimize it is I tap into the the... The, the the idiocy of narcissism and I and I speak as if it's true knowing that it's not like I take away it's I take away its power by by going into a, a little bit of a bit like that <laughs> uh, is that what you say or is that what creature told you creature treads lightly but he does sometimes remind me he's like do you he's like do you forget who you are you forget how good you are I'm like I, I try not to think about it what are you talking about <laughs> Probably not much weight when you're 5'2". Frick you, Smashville. I'm 5'6", brother. Come on, at least get my height right if you're going to make fun of my height. Uh, that's the one way I can minimize it is to maximize it. Right, that's right. No, you let it out in a comedic way. You let it out in a comedic way. It takes its power away. Because you see it, you see it for its foolishness, you know? Did Lono get the Sunbro reference? No, I I don't know what that is. Um, oh, if I could be so grossly incandescent, is that was that was that the reference? Just tapping into it when you're live in front of 300 people help. I bet that helps. Yeah, yeah, because you show how foolish it is. What's the new info? I googled and nothing came up about new release day info. So the 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 for for you the release date info. You need to know that the install size is 44 gig. However, that could indicate there's going to be a huge day one patch. So, number one, you need to make sure you have enough space for the 44 gig. Number two, I would double that. I'd make sure you have about 80 gig space ready because I think the game is likely larger than the 44 gig, uh, which could also mean hopefully your internet's good because you're going to need to download a pretty big day one patch. Um... So, Fextra Life felt that they had only interacted with about 12% of the map size in the tech test, and they played for like 70 hours. So, to me, 
when that's about 44 gig is about one third the install size of um, Horizon Forbidden West. So 44 gig is pretty small. That's good news. It's about twice the size of Dark Souls 3, but it's one third the install size of Horizon Forbidden West, which could mean literally nothing because Horizon Forbidden West is got, you know, cinematic lighting for the PS5 throughout the entire game and textures that are likely enormous and far more dialogue and interactions with NPC because of the structure of that game so but just for point of reference any news on the PC beta test no no I'll play devil's advocate says creature 44 gig tells me that the huge open world is not so huge creature said this to me on the phone he said what if that big huge open world is mostly skybox what if it's not as big as we thought? What if Extra Life miscalculated the map size? Now, when Creature said that, I started thinking that could add credence to my live service theory. That that map and the world is going to be slowly expanded over the course of the year and not just given to you right at the beginning. It'll be big. It'll be massive. It'll be well worth your money but they could have much of the map closed off to you at launch. Again, I have nothing to confirm that, but that's my theory. I think a lot of games artificially blow up gig size, so you have to delete other games to play them. I love a good conspiracy theory, but I think you're off on that one. I think a lot of the time it's it's because they don't compress their audio files or it's just a bloated game. I don't think somebody somewhere says, yeah, let's make it really hard to download our game and play. Let's make it 100 gigs, so <laughs> they have to uninstall their other games. I just, I, I, I find that unlikely, because download size is a huge, huge struggle, right? Any news about cross-platform multiplayer? Sam, they have not said anything about uh, Elden Ring cross-play. No, they have not. There is a 0% chance... That they don't add more to the game. Right. That you, you phrase that in such a funny way. Right. They're definitely adding more. They're definitely adding more. That's why the poll at the top of the chat is asking you. It's asking you, which would you prefer? They're going to add content. Would you rather it be more spaced out DLC? Or would you like live service? I think a hybrid of the two is the most likely. The example I've given is, let's say you beat the Elden Ring gameplay. I'm, I'm sorry, the Elden Ring campaign. Let's say you beat it. You get to the end, and then four months later, they release a DLC, and you go have to fight a boss, and it opens up this whole new area, and your map gets larger. That doesn't affect the vanilla experience of late adopters, and it's evolving and expanding the game in a live service way. So after an entire year of that, your map is bigger and more expanded. We've also talked about how Diablo 3 does seasonal characters and No Man's Sky does seasonal characters. What if they did something like that, where it doesn't affect the main game, but after a year, they're like, hey, announcing Elden Ring seasons. You can make a seasonal character and 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 do this thing and earn this stuff, and it doesn't affect the main game, it doesn't affect your main save file, but you can get cool stuff to have you know to hand to your main save and your main character. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. We made it. That's right. It's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. Even if you don't celebrate it, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you have a warm and a happy weekend, even if you're working or, you know. If it's if it's not a great time of the year for you, hopefully this community can be a place for you to hang out and enjoy yourself. I know sometimes the holidays can be, 
uh, activating for people that are you know lonely or or deal with different struggles and things and if that's the case you know make sure that you're around and plugged in and you know don't isolate we've got a great community here get in our discord play some video games with people throw back a few drinks and laughs with the guys and the and the gals that hang out here and um and if you are celebrating i hope it's a great day you know i hope everybody gets to your town or where you're going safely uh thanks for being here i was debating on playing it on xbox myself since i got an s series either that or pc I just want to find games to use for my Xbox. Yeah, there's not much reason uh, to get anything for your Xbox Series X or S right now. They've they've got to they've got to really start cranking out the 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 titles. Do you ever log into Spider Man just to swing around? I've let my kids do that because they love Spider Man. Do you think that a live service model would affect the PvP multiplayer balance? How so? How so? How would you envision it doing that? That'd be my question. Here's a list of games by file size. So all of these games are larger than 100 gig. So 100 to 150 gig. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Dirty Dirt Rally 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Ark Survival Evolved, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Borderlands 3, Gears of War 4, The Master Chief Collection, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Rainbow Six Siege, Hitman 2, and Final Fantasy uh, 15, and Red Dead Redemption 2. All of those are between 100 to 150 gig. And so, Elden Ring landing at 44 gig does seem a little small. It does. It does seem a little small. In comparison to all those titles I just listed. Gilly says, I mean, I know people crap on Assassin's Creed games, but the original ones that created the cliche was really fun to play. I think Dark Souls' version of that would be very good. Gilly, I think what Assassin's Creed has done with Valhalla, I believe this. You can can write this down. This is what I believe we are on the cusp of. I believe we are on the cusp of the live service and MMO golden age. That's what I believe. I believe PUBG started something that ushered in the golden age of the Battle Royale, right? Some of the best Battle Royales you can play right now. You got Apex, you got Fortnite, you got Warzone, potentially more on the way. Probably not. It's a little too saturated, okay? Like, you know, Quake 3 and Unreal Tournament ushered in the golden age of the arena shooter. And Halo may be bringing it back. Halo Infinite with HCS may be bringing back, the, you know, another, another golden age of, uh, of the arena shooter. I believe, based on everything we see, where the industry is leaning, where we see the industry headed, I believe we are on the cusp of the golden age of live service games and MMOs. Because one-off, short-lived games and DLC format simply doesn't work in the modern era. It doesn't. It's too truncated. It's it's hard to garner the sales. It, it, it's, it makes it more difficult to maintain a player base. That's my theory. That's where I think we're headed. Quick clarification is the install size 44 gig or download 44 gig install size is what we've been told. This was reported by PlayStation size on Twitter. The Elden Ring install size is 44 gig. For the longest time, I was a dummy and thought Elden Ring was only on the PlayStation was happy when I found it was multi-platform. Yeah. From software games are multi-platform with the exception of Bloodborne. Yeah. With the exception of Bloodborne, they're multi-platform. 
Yo, what's good, Matasbo? It's not the size that matters, it's how you use it. Oh, whatever, Ashen. Microsoft couldn't even get enough Series X's for the Halo tournament. They had people playing on dev kits. Yeah, the, 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 chip, the, the chip shortage is hurting. By the way, if you're just tuning in, we're kind of having a surge of people coming in. Thank you so much for being here. We're talking about the Elden Ring new info for the release date. The install size has been revealed, and we've been discussing what that means for the size of the game. Also, what does that mean for the ongoing expansion of the game? And we're asking you at the top of the chat, which would you prefer, live service format or spaced out DLC? If you've never been here before, every Friday is From Friday. We break down from software games in the morning. Right now, obviously, primarily focusing on Elden Ring. And then in the afternoon, we'll be playing through Sekiro. I am not traditionally a Souls guy. I'm kind of becoming a Souls guy. Just beat Dark Souls 3 in a 12-episode series that you can find on this channel. And we are on episode 6 of my Sekiro playthrough. Just beat Genichiro, Genichiro and, uh, and beat some side boss ninja guy and we're looking for seven spears today we did the monkeys too as well if you're enjoying your time be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button I do a video game talk show like this Monday through Friday variety of topics are covered New World, Halo, Elden Ring Um, so if you hit subscribe and the bell button you can do that in confidence I'll be in your sub feed all week with a safe for work talk show people throw me on in the background like video game radio and uh, we're glad that you're here with us this morning. It is a holiday, but you guys didn't care. You turned out big today, and I appreciate that very, very much. I'd be up so upset if Elden Ring became a live service game. Full sure, let me ask you a question. Would you be against them doing seasonal characters like Diablo 3? So the game's been out for a year or whatever, and they say, hey... You can now create a seasonal character in Elden Ring, and we got all these unique challenges and things for you to do in the game, and you'll get unlocks and stuff for your for any, you know, any of your starting characters in the future. W- would you be against that? There are lots of different versions. This is what I think happens. People hear live service, and they think, you're going to put a battle pass and seasonal content in Elden Ring. Not necessarily. There are ways to do live service that doesn't necessitate that. Diablo 3 has done live service very very well um no man's sky even before no man's sky launched expeditions it was a very very good live service game constantly evolving and improving itself making it better the base game just mushrooming larger than it originally was i'm not talking about like an elden ring santa claus event where like you're going around and killing bosses for jingle bells to drop on the ground so you can go buy a santa claus hat for your character that's not what i'm talking about imagine all of the best parts of live service sifted through the identity and the greatness that is from software. Think about what that could mean for your experience. Live service just means that they add to the game as time goes on. Right. Harry says live service is... I don't know, man. I do. I think... In five years, we will look back and say, this is the golden age of MMOs and live service games. It's the golden age. Not only that, single player games are about to be mind-blowing with Unreal 5. I, Hellblade 2 and any, anything else built in Unreal 5. It's, this is about to be a very special time to be a gamer. It kind of already is. Games are already amazing right now, but they're about to get 
jet fuel in the tank with you know next gen console saturation gets to a good place and unreal 5 becomes industry standard we're, we're, we're about to be in a great era of gaming it would be cool but from software just adds dlc and work on their next project Dr. Ravioli, I've interacted with that this morning quite a bit. You might not have been here, so let me give you a a recap of what I say about this. I get the impression from everything I've seen about Elden Ring that this is their magnum opus. I have said from everything that I have seen of the gameplay, of all of the Elden Ring gameplay and everything from the tech test, I have said this will be looked back on as one of the greatest games ever made. It will be lauded and praised the way that we think of Skyrim. That's that's my prediction. And based on everything that I've heard and the reviews and, you know, Fextra Life saying we did 70 hours in one spot. We think it was about 12% of the whole map. Okay. That's when I started to say there is no way they're doing one or two DLCs and walking away from this game. This game is built to last. To me, there. think of it from this angle. What impetus would there be to take their tried-and-true format and suddenly thrust it into open world? What would be the reason for that? Maybe they just want to? Maybe they think it's going to make the game bigger and better? Or, logistically speaking, that puts them in a position to treat the game differently, ongoing or expanding it. Keep in mind, I've consistently said the vanilla experience cannot change. You can't do that. You gotta you gotta retain the vanilla experience so a late adopter can play the same game you did. But consider the story, the Elden Ring story trailer that just recently came out. I want you to consider what that story trailer is about. The Elden Ring is destroyed and the land is thrown into perpetual ongoing stalemate war. You don't think we're gonna have an impact on that? And the impact we have on that could likely then change the scope of the world. For you, obviously, not like... Keep in mind, this isn't a game with dedicated servers where you're going to like log in and be like, oh my gosh, everything changed. But do you honestly think you're going to get to the conclusion of this? We are seeking out the remaking and the reforming of the Elden Ring. You don't think that's going to have an impact on the world? This stalemate war that's been going and going and going? I don't know. Seems probable to me. I think you're also we're also discounting Miyazaki's vision of the game. Live service insinuates that the game is intended to capture players for a long time. The game is a creative magnum opus, not an MMO. But a creative magnum opus could certainly mean they want to get a lot out of it and not just, you know, two DLCs and walk. Reason they saw Breath of the Wild and said, let's do one of those. Oh, I think that is so just horrendously reductionist Elden Ring is a response to Breath of the Wild Dark Souls was a was a response to Ocarina of Time I think that is incredibly reductionist I don't think that that is a major factor at all no has make the case I'm at you've intrigued me you've intrigued me how is Dark Souls let's forget Elden Ring for a moment how is Dark Souls 1 a response to Ocarina of Time I am intrigued. I've never heard this before. Never heard it before. And I, and I don't see Elden Ring being a, being a response to Breath of the Wild. It absolutely is. Okay, you've you've reassert you've reasserted 
stop asserting and get to arguing. I want you to convince me. I'm intrigued. How is, this is the question, how is Dark Souls 1 a response to Ocarina of Time? I have never seen this claimed. Look back at Miyazaki's interview. He always cites Legend of Zelda. Really? Elitist Elitist I'm pretty sure Miyazaki actually mentioned Breath of the Wild in an interview before Elden Ring got properly revealed. Interesting. No, I, I, I am becoming, I'm becoming convinced. So, and it would make sense, right? Legend of Zelda, Japanese developers, Miyazaki, taking inspiration from those games. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't. I just didn't realize this. I have bad news for you. The way this is looking for the gaming landscape and what we have seen in the game so far definitely suggests they plan on longevity in it and could have a huge surprise. If it's an ongoing world, wouldn't the vanilla experience vary according to when you experience it? No, John. Let me explain what I mean. So, picture the world in Elden Ring, the vanilla world, as having blockades, barriers, and closed doors. And when you beat the game, some of those doors start to open over time. So let's say you come to the game a year and a half later and you haven't touched it. Well, all those doors would be closed. And then the more you play, the more those doors open. Picture it like a mansion where the big giant welcoming room and the ballroom and the dining room and all of the the more the more base level sort of expected rooms, they're all open to you in the mansion. And once you've scoured every room and you've completed your quote-unquote tour of the mansion they start slowly unlocking other areas and wings of the mansion anybody who comes back later the base level experience is there and once they beat the game those wings and rooms start to open does that make sense like it can be done in a way that doesn't corrupt the vanilla experience Ashen says, someone touched on the engine that has had a ton of trouble in the past. They could never do mounts or spontaneous NPCs. They had to load it in with the map. The new mount showcases major changes. So Ashen seems to be indicating they've made major changes to the engine because the Elden Ring gameplay that we have seen up to now has been very, very different than previous From Software games. I think that's a well-made point. Think about this as Gilly. Did the DLC for Skyrim radically change the original experience? No, they didn't. They mainly were just a lateral expansion and just more of the game. Right. Now, I said this earlier as well. Imagine that when you beat the game, you can do a new game plus experience and the war has dramatically changed. Why? Because you reformed the Elden Ring. This ongoing stalemate war, it comes to a dramatic end, and the world and the landscape is wholly changed, and that's your new game plus experience. Track with me here. This means they could do ongoing evolutions to the new game plus world because that's part of the ongoing story. Vanilla experience retained and protected, and yet you roll over into New Game Plus and that's when things change. 
the idea that in a year you're going to boot up Elden Ring after beating it and be in New Game Plus and it's just the same game and the same stalemate war and the same enemies are in the same spots on the map, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, 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 I'm seeing something more here than just a concise story with an A to Z experience. So it's near Automata. I'm not familiar with near Automata's game plus. You'd have to educate me. Victor says, I picked live services. I'd like to see Frums take on it. It could be an exciting opportunity for them to move the game forward and evolve. Right, they could show people a new path for live service, certainly. Live service Skyrim would be Bethesda just adding more DLC as time goes on. Live service is just making consistent DLCs for years. That is certainly one expression of live service. Gilly is correct. If I can join later, I will, uh, but I'm out. Merry Christmas, chat. Merry Christmas, Lona. Have a good one. Thanks for stopping by, Blueberry Puffin. Be safe and have a good holiday. Valerian says, but like I said, now we're blurring the lines of live service and just having a product that gets updates. No, we've been through this, Alarian. No, no. No, like, it, look at No Man's Sky before they added Expeditions. It was a live service game. It grew, expanded, and evolved. It didn't get patches that got rid of bugs. They added entire systems to No Man's Sky. Vehicles, building, pets, an entire storyline, the Artemis storyline. That's live service. That wasn't a uh, that wasn't a patch. The game fundamentally evolved and changed for the better. Where's the copyright free Christmas background music? I didn't even pull up Harris Heller's playlist for that. I I I probably should have. It's too late now. Uh Shervier with the $5 tip. Happy holidays, brother. Thank you. King Keys with the $5 tip. Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. Uh I don't know how to say the last one. Thank you. Okay, here's how it works in Near Automata. It changes each new game plus. You need like over 10 playthroughs for the true story and experience. If Elden Ring is even similar to that, it will be I'll be really surprised and happy. Dark Souls 3 got new weapon systems and DLCs. Is that live service? No. Pure um let's let's say it this way, Alarian. A pure uh DLC delivery that is compartmentalized is not live service and let me explain why because it does get a little blurry I don't think you're wrong in saying that it does get a little blurry so Horizon Zero Dawn had the winter whatever that DLC was okay where you went into the snowy areas and the new enemies were there and you there were new weapons okay that wasn't live service. It was a contained DLC that just got just, just kind of got added on to the game. That's not live service. Live service is the ongoing support and addition to a game that evolves the fundamental aspects of the game in size, scope, or mechanics, right? So No Man's Sky adding in an entirely brand new system Frozen Wilds, thank you legend a whole new system of crafting and vehicles 
it's not a contained DLC. Why? It's woven throughout. The fabric of the game now has a whole new thread woven into it. It's been fundamentally changed. So, it's it's that's live service. It's ongoing and it evolves and changes in fundamental ways. A DLC doesn't do that. Even a DLC that comes with new weapons doesn't necessarily do that. We're all in agreement vanilla experience cannot change. Yes, we are. So now we're limiting what systems can be touched by that definition. Not necessarily. And here's how. Diablo 3 is a better and cleaner example of what we are talking about. The vanilla Diablo 3 experience has retained its shape and its form, and yet the seasonal ongoing live service aspects of Diablo 3 can add elements to that vanilla experience, but it doesn't fundamentally change it. Also, there were elements added to the fundamental experience, like transmog was added. That that changes Diablo 3 pretty significantly when you're playing through it from a cosmetic standpoint. But the divide is cleaner there. Vanilla is retained. Ongoing live service content is added. No Man's Sky is a little bit dirtier. It's a great game. I don't mean that in a disparaging way. No Man's Sky is a little murky because it's like they literally fundamentally evolved their game so that like the base game changed there wasn't really a vanilla experience to protect and retain they merely enhanced it and made it better it's also not a linear story with an a to a to z experience it's a it's an it's a it's a it's a procedural survival game Harry says, DLC is, hey, new area has been added with a bunch of stuff to do there. Live services, hey, this area we've already beat has changed due to X lore. We can now do new stuff there. Right, right. Or, or Harry, hey, this new area is open to you. If you go engage with it and beat it, it's going to change elements of the game for you. It's going to evolve the game. It's almost like a catalyst tipping point that you can choose to engage with. Again, like I said, like New Game Plus, you roll over Elden Ring and you've reformed the Elden Ring and this thousand-year stalemate war comes to a close and then the world looks different for New Game Plus. Currently, Diablo 3 is being used as a testing ground for future content for Diablo 4. This is Akuta Papa's theory. Every season, they change what gives you the extreme powers. Last season, it was special weapons, and this season, it is special gems. That changes the vanilla experience personally. Alarian, I think you need to see that they can do this without touching the vanilla experience until the player initiates it. This isn't this isn't a, this is not a, a dedicated servers game where you're booting up and and there's dedicated servers and then the world changes and oh you missed out yeah the vanilla experience is different now no it would be something that you would initiate either through new game plus or just going and engaging with the DLC it would warn you you are about to embark on an extra journey this journey will have implications and impacts on the world of your save file Anytime they start a new character, that's not true, right? It'd be the vanilla experience. But the player could go initiate. If you go into the Shadowlands and kill the Dark King, it will fundamentally change your game. You have been warned. Your save file 
will 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 usher you will be ushered into a new era it's something the player would initiate so the vanilla experience would be always pure and always protected i understand your concern and your worry there are easy easy ways to protect against what you're worried about very easy you either encapsulate it all in new game plus or or you you just purely do it by way of player initiation remember what i said about anthem they should have called it anthem new genesis and the player if they wanted could go interact with the anthem of creation and reset the entire world and their experience would be brand new and fresh and all the new systems would be in that game if they never wanted to do that fine if they wanted to retain those characters and all that work on those javelins they can just retain it and do whatever the frick they want run around in the bland you know contained super simple world of anthem but if anthem would have truly relaunched itself with what i called anthem new genesis you could have as the player gone and initiated this this new genesis era and you had to step through and it would have completely undid everything you had to start it over with level one javelins east coast overlord just found out google canceled my card on all your channels quad dip gang what in the world happened thank you east coast overlord alarian says and my contention is that specific description is much more akin to dlc not live service no no, because if it fundamentally, if I would have gone and done the Frozen Wilds in Horizon Forbidden West and it would have fundamentally changed the entire map and game, I wouldn't have considered that a basic DLC. I would have been like, this is more like live service. You just changed the entire dadgum game. Even then, uh, uh, AC Valhalla is live service. Ongoing, keeps going, adds on, adds on, more stuff, seasonal content, limited time content, right? The stuff that you don't like, but sure, it's 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 all a part of it. Harry says, My only worry with live service with this game is do they have the manpower to pump out entire world changing events the player can trigger on a regular enough basis? That's a perfectly fine concern, Harry. My premise to restate it, my premise is built on the fact that everything I've seen, heard, and read about Elden Ring, it smells like this is ongoing they're building something bigger than just a a, a linear story with some dlc there's something greater here right (laughs) something greater than solomon is here (laughs) there's something greater here this isn't just another dark souls that just happens to be open world i think that's so i think that's naive i'm not trying to be insulting but i do i think that's naive to think that elden ring is just another dark souls it just happens to be open world no there is something far greater in this game i i I can feel it in my bones i can feel it in my bones i I, i've gotten pretty good at predictions about the industry and about games and everything i see from elden ring that's what i feel in my heart of hearts there's there is something there's something big here something far bigger than just a story and me i will do a couple dlcs no no this is their magnum opus. This game, this game has a I, I, this game has a seven year life cycle. That's what I think. Five to seven year life cycle, driven from the developers, not just the players. I'm not trying to get your hopes up and hype you up. This is my impression. This is this is my theory, right? Based on everything I saw. Frozen Wilds isn't live service. I got the complete edition, and you can actually do the DLC before you complete the main story, but it doesn't affect anything in the main story. Right. It's 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 contained. It's episodic. It's in a it's in its own container. It's just kind of tacked onto the game. It's like like the mansion example I gave. 
a, a DLC is like an RV parked out front. It's, it's just kind of next to the game. It doesn't affect the size of the mansion. It doesn't interact with any of the systems within the mansion. It's just an RV parked out front. It's small, it's contained, it's super nice, but it's not attached to the main game in, in, in an impactful way. This has been a marvelous discussion. I think you're also ignorant, not insulting, on how story and lore works in From Software Worlds. A new game plus style change would be exactly in line with their cyclical storytelling. I don't necessarily think, I, I wouldn't say I'm ignorant about how their lore works. I don't think how they've traditionally handled their lore keeps them from doing some of the stuff that I've talked about. I know enough. I know enough. I, you you would be correct in saying I'm pretty ignorant about the lore and the story and how it's executed, but I don't actually think that limits anything I've talked about. I still think there's room for what I'm talking about. I've come to accept Lono's theories are inside info uh, at this point. The dude doesn't miss. By the way, good morning and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, McCoy Sloan. I don't I don't get inside info. I wouldn't risk I wouldn't risk relationships of inside info with my theory crafting that would i would quickly not get inside info harry says i don't play these games so i might be ignorant but my anecdotal experience with live services the reality of the speed the devs can make content has never kept up with player expectation of content and harry you would be correct this would have to be done in a way as i've said before this would have to be hybrid dlc live service because you're you're correct They'd have to be pretty spaced out. I'm not talking about doing a season every three months. I'm talking about like every six months they deliver a pretty significant DLC and it and it impacts the game in a live service way. Or the game comes baked in with a new game plus experience that evolves the game when you roll that over and then gives room for all the additions that come later. I'm a numbers game, says Ilarian. Uh... What's more likely that I'm 100% right and you're 100% wrong or that it's somewhere in the middle? Let's picture it like a needle that's pointing by way of gravity draw. I think if the needle's right now in the middle and one side's pure DLC and one side's live service, I think the needle's getting pulled to live service. Not all the way, but I think there's going to be, it's getting pulled. I think there's going to be live service elements injected into this game. I think so. If not, fully-fledged long-term plan. Will worlds be invadable by other players? Yes, if you play co-op, Junior Droner. I believe they have changed the Elden Ring invasion system. Correct me if I'm wrong, those who have played it. I believe you are only invadable if you're playing co-op. Or I think you can maybe turn it on. Yeah, sure, invade me. But it's not like when you embered in Dark Souls 3. I don't think the Ember system exists in this game from from what I have read and researched. And I could be corrected here if I'm wrong, but I think I've got this one correct. From Software isn't a big enough company to do live service. I don't think you have to be a large company to do live service. I think what you're imagining is a, a dedicated servers game that that requires a massive team and ongoing support and i i don't i don't think that that is uh that's the case here staying away from the subject but i doubt elden ring will have better combat system than sekiro i I haven't the reviews highly praised the combat that could come down to subjectivity you may really love sekiro 
it's not going to be like Sekiro. It's borrowing from Sekiro and Dark Souls 3 from what I've been told. From what I've been told, it's like a 70-30. It's 70% Dark Souls, 30% Sekiro. Kind of a hybrid combat system with new elements to it, with a far more um, fleshed out version of the combat arts and the weapon arts that was supposed to be in Dark Souls 3. I think that's fair, but that also is a function of how DLC has evolved. We're not getting horse armor anymore. There's more expectations of content from the consumers now. Yeah, yeah. Gee, many Christmas cat. $500 tip. You are so generous to my family, cat. First, let me say I'm proud of your decision on the Say No to Rage story. Second, let me wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, and here's to a fantastic New Year. Much love. That is just... That is... In, that's crazy cat that is so kind you've been very kind to my family ever since we we were we were on the other place and since we've been over here um thank you very much I believe you were the only person to send a housewarming gift I'm not mad at anybody for this but I think cat was the only person who sent a housewarming gift when we got the house last year that's just kind of that's the kind of person that she is thank you um and thank you to all the new subscribers today if you've never been here before Every Friday is From Friday. We break down a From Software topic in the morning. Obviously, right now, mostly Elden Ring. And then we play a From Software game in the afternoon. So do me a favor. Hit subscribe and the bell button. All week long, I'm here doing video game talk show like this. It's kind of like video game radio. A lot of people throw me on in the background because I am safe for work. So you can subscribe in confidence. Thank you so much for being here. That's more money deducted from the million. (laughs) Live service to me equals a lot of grinding. I don't have time for that. I'd prefer DLC with a beginning and an end that moves the story forward and adds interesting loot and play mechanics. Let me reread this. I would prefer DLC with a beginning and an end that moves the story forward and adds interesting loot and play mechanics. Okay. Yeah, you you equate live service with grinding. I can see why you would do that. I can see why you would do that. Um, I can see it doesn't necessitate I don't think I don't think it necessitates that right drop me the address I'll swing by with Jägermeister that can be your gift oh you you coming all the way to the states Harry they wouldn't let you over here bud <laughs> they have your they have your picture at customs they wouldn't let you <laughs> they were like yeah it don't, it, that, yeah, that kid with the eyebrows don't let him in it don't let him in He's a, he's a smug Brit if there ever was one. <laughs> oh man. Alright, I'm gonna reuse the settings. I gotta schedule I gotta schedule the Sekiro stream. Uh uh, we will be looking for the Sekiro. What was his name? Is it it's Sekiro Spears or something? Sekiro spear boss uh, looking for the Sekiro spear boss aka uh, seven Ashina spears aka seven Ashina spears and we need to make sure to just add that to the description and the tags because that's what we're going to try and do today 
Okay. Sekiro Spear. Sekiro Spear Boss. And then this is part six. Uh, okay. We'll have to set this one for 12.15. We missed the 30-minute noti window. So we'll set this for uh, 12.15 today. I am just absolutely thrilled with the turnout today. You guys are awesome. These From Fridays have just been such a blast and just a blessing to see uh, the support. Um, it's just been great. This was definitely an idea that was um, initially very conceptual, and we just weren't sure what the uh, what the support would look like ongoing. But... Um, it has, it has actually been very, very encouraging. Uh, we cover a lot of different stuff here. We have kind of, we've kind of niched down into, um, kind of niched down into like RPGs, MMOs, things like that. And, 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 and from software games, um, and we have a great premiere today over on presents. So we have a larger channel called SNTR presents with 47,000 subs. It's a pretty big channel. And we're shifting the content over there. And today, I have a video about Amaranth and how she's headlining a new streaming platform, which could mean she's ending her time with Purple. Um, Actually, an interesting story. Obviously, I don't consume her content. I have actually respect for the the work that that she's put in. She is just super well-known and popular. Um her her earnings on purple are phenomenal like compared i didn't realize how much bigger pokimane was than amaranth and yet amaranth's earnings on 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 purple is just crazy in comparison not that not not that's not a slight at pokey by the way pokimane is super successful and super charming but she's like twice the reach of amaranth and amaranth crushes purple earn rate <coughs> Side note, I was doing some cheating last night, watching some Lost Ark runs. I have high hopes for this game. Yeah, I'm very excited to cover Lost Ark with you guys. Uh, Elden Ring, lots of different stuff coming out. Don't be me and confuse her with the cat tosser. Yeah, she's not a Linity. That is that, that, that does need to be very, very uh, clear. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I've never consumed it either. Chrome Incognito says I've never seen it. <laughs> There's new release info for Elden Ring. Yes, the new release date info, according to PlayStation size, the game install size will be 44 gig, which industry comparisons, that may not be all you need. So I would free up 44 gig on whatever you're going to install it. If you're wanting to play day one, I would actually free up about 80 gig. There is likely going to be a very large day one patch. According to Fextra Life, they interacted with, you know, 70 hours of the tech test. They felt like it was about 12% of the map. So, this release date info, I think, is very important. Install size could mean a handful of things that you need to be preparing for if you're going to be playing this game day one with respect to install space, especially if you're on something like a PlayStation 5 where you've got a lot of limited space, right? She's so smart, it's aggravating. You literally can't find a normal picture. I know, I know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't consume that type of content, so it was actually tough to research this because 
if if you go anywhere her content exists i mean you are just getting just absolutely punched in the face um with 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 it with her <laughs> uh and i mean props to her i mean you know if that's the kind of content you want to create and, and and you've you've got what society deems as the beauty that is fit for it but my gosh yeah it's very hard to research something like that i was like holy frick so i just use the gamer article mainly to source a lot of my info pc gamers uh make an extra 12 meg approximately for a cg main character mod i'm not sure what you're talking about uh new world's already dead amazon killed it no no that is incredibly untrue no they're easily clocking in quarter of a million players a day uh after an entire week i would gauge that they have probably about two two and a half million uh unique logins a week on new world new world's not in any trouble at all um they've got work to do and they've got a ways to go but i think they um I think the opening interest and the ongoing engagement and then the recent winter event proves that game is that game is far from over. It's got a lot left to do. They haven't even expanded the map yet, so responding to the person above me. Um Will Lost Art kill New World? I know you were responding to somebody saying that, but but New World is certainly not dead. It is not top five daily on steam yeah it, it's still a top five steam game it is it is doing just fine it looks concerning to go from 700,000 viewer peaks to 100,000 viewer peaks but I think that's that, that's a misunderstanding of what a healthy player base looks like so you think lost Ark will pour more pull more AGS resources than new world um no because lost Ark is already a built out fleshed out game that is coming to the western market so no I don't think so Ashes of Creation will? No. I was being facetious. Oh. Um, I don't think that's how games typically work. I don't think games have the power to kill other games. I think that is a... that is a, You know how there's like urban myths, right? I think that's an urban myth. I think that's a video game urban myth that one game can kill another. Um, yeah. I think Ashes of Creation looks phenomenal and we're very, I'm telling you, it's very exciting that we've niched down into RPGs and MMOs to great success and to lots of support from you guys because there's a ton of them coming, right? Last 30 days, New World isn't even a top 10 Steam, by the way. I thought it was still maintaining top top rank with the, with the player peaks of 100,000. Uh, Steam top game charts. Uh, right now, New World is number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's number nine right now, with a peak of one hundred and nine thousand for today, and current players eighty-one thousand. It's right underneath Rust. Rust has one hundred and seven thousand peak with eighty-six thousand current, and it's above Ark Survival Evolved. It's currently a top top ten game on Steam. It's up. To, think about where it's holding. It's holding with Rust and Ark. Uh, above it is like Naraka Blade Point, Team Fortress, Grand Theft Auto, and Apex Legends. Those are the games above it. So, yeah, it's doing fine. It's doing fine. Even if it slips out of top 10, like, if it's always close to top 10 and periodically sneaks into top 10 with a seasonal event, then that's, that's good. That's good. For me, it goes Rust, Ark, Warframe, then New World probably a regional thing then Harry don't you think 
I don't know. Mine, I'm just looking at it updated today, December 24th at 11.31 a.m. Updated six minutes ago. So I don't know. It could be a regional thing. Maybe because you're in the UK. I don't. I thought it would just give us the total player base numbers regardless of region, though. That's strange that you're seeing a different, a different uh, number. Like I said, even if it slips again, even if it slips out of top ten, if it can slip back into top ten with a, with a simple little seasonal event and server merges, then the game's got legs. It's not dead by any stretch. It's not dead by any stretch. Listen. You guys need to consider something when you look at games like this. You need to consider how long it took Final Fantasy XIV to get where it got. What, 10 years? How long did it take Diablo 3 to get where it got? 10 years? Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, in all of its plans for next year, that game just celebrated its 10-year anniversary, okay? So stop thinking in the realm of a, a, a successful MMO needs to land out of the box and be perfect and great and built to last and, and has all this stuff figured out. You're ignoring the literal industry trend right now. The industry trend being, it takes companies about 10 years to figure it out. How long has Destiny been out? It's what? It's two years. Is it two years shy of a 10-year mark? Seven or eight years. It's getting close to a 10-year mark, and it's just now gotten to the point where they know how to seasonally deliver content. And even then, they're still having to delay stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. Final Fantasy XIV was shut down after a year and rebuilt. Liza P trailer. Oh, is there a new one? Liza P and Wukong and Wu Chang Fallen Feathers all look so good for From Software fans. They look very nice. Wu Chang Fallen Feathers and Black Myth Wukong and Liza P look mega dope. They look super dope for uh, for From Software fans. They do. They look excellent. Final Fantasy XIV is a monster success and it's in 17th place right now. That is such good perspective, right? I think Final Fantasy XIV probably has the lion's share of its community on console because of the accessibility, but it's a well-made point. You know, New World's not accessible on console, so if, if it's, it's getting a sharper funnel on, on Steam. But still, that's good insight. Like, as great as Final Fantasy XIV is, it's in 17th place on Steam. wouldn't say that about Godfall, would you? I'm going to tell you something right now, Christopher. I'm going to tell you something right now. Keep your eye on Godfall. Keep your eye on Godfall. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if this time next year that game's in rotation on this channel. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I wouldn't be shocked if we suddenly found ourselves rotating Godfall in this time next year. I would keep your eye on that game very very good game at its core what did I always say about Anthem what have I said about New World what have I said about Destiny when you nail the content loop in the gameplay then your game can survive it can it can crawl out of the rubble and survive because people respond better and more loyally to really good gameplay you gotta figure all the other crap out sure This is why everybody was so angry with Anthem, because it felt so good to play. You couldn't play that game. You couldn't get that experience anywhere else. There was just nothing to do. That's why Anthem had a shot 
because it had good gameplay. The content loop was enjoyable. I, the gameplay loop was enjoyable. There wasn't much of a content loop. New World content loop 1 to 60 is Garbo. <laughs> Demonstrably false. No, that's not true. No. The game didn't maintain the player base that it did for two months, and that's true. That's that's it's insanely false. The content loop in New World gets bad starting at around level 50. Levels 1 to 45 in New World was excellent and highly addictive, and people poured hours and hours and hours in. No. The player base is a giant repudiation of the claim that the New World content loop 1 to 60 is Garbo. That is insanely not true or accurate. No. It's easy to see that the late game is where it gets bad because that's where everybody starts to fall off. That's where everybody starts to disengage. It's because of the late game. It's bad. I myself got frustrated yesterday with the late game. It's just, it's so stupid. It's so slow to level and the areas are not managed well. So you just get stun locked and killed. It's frustrating. My only issue with Godfall is I can't change controls on the PlayStation 5. Hmm. New World isn't following the trend. Most MMOs start low and gradually build, where New World started big and lost 90%. That's a, that's that's I feel that's that's a misrepresentation of what these other MMOs did. You think that you think that Final Fantasy and Diablo started started small and then built? No. They were highly anticipated, purchased, bought and and had high numbers and then they got eviscerated. No one was like, oh, Diablo 3, that's just a little small title. Ain't, ain't nobody buying that little old game. Final Fantasy 14, one of the longest standing franchises in the history of video games. I'm sure the Final Fantasy 14 initial sales were paltry. No! Those games had huge launches. That's why they got eviscerated. They were bad. The auction house in Diablo 3. Final Fantasy 14 had to literally shut down for a year. You think it wasn't popular at the beginning, at least? It's Final Fantasy! It's an established franchise! Go back, go check the Final Fantasy player count from launch, but you'd, ha- you'd have to take into account gaming as it's changed over the years. That's not even a fair comparison. You'd have to compare Final Fantasy's commercial success for other games at the time. It's so unfair to compare now. It's so unfair. There's the, the gaming has exploded, especially PC gaming. I just checked the graph. It's a slow tick up. Right, but there is so much that goes into New World's interest and intrigue at its launch. You had World of Warcraft mass exodus. You had guys like Asmongold promoting it. There was all eyes on this game as being the answer to the MMO vacancy that existed. Everyone was in a holding pattern for Endwalker. So sure, it's not following the trend of like starting super, super duper low and slowly building, but that doesn't mean they're not going to do the exact same thing that these other games have done, which is learn a bunch of hard lessons in your first couple of years and refine the game over the course of its existence. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I think you're making a fatal mistake. You're like, well, it doesn't follow the trend and therefore it's going to die or or whatever conclusion you're trying to come to. No! Asmund didn't get hit with a DMCA. Smashville, do you, what do you, what are you do? You, do what, what are you doing? They, 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 he didn't get hit with a DMCA. Lost Ark year-end press conference. What is coming in 2022? This could be a good topic for next week. 
Oh my gosh, thank you. We don't have much for next week. I'm going to throw this in another room. Look at ESO, says Agent Atwood. I don't, I'm not sure what Agent... I'm not sure what ESO's pattern looked like, but that definitely launches a pretty big game in the beginning stages, and then and it's slowly gotten better over time. You're right, but that doesn't make it a fun game. Millions of people play 40k, and that game is trash. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. In engaging with comments like what you just wrote is 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 the bane of my existence as a commentator. What you just wrote is just it's just dripping with arrogance and zero self-awareness. So you think that millions of people play 40k and it's trash because you don't like it. Like <laughs> millions of people play a game but because you don't like it it's trash. What are you talking about? Have the self-awareness to know that just because you don't like a game doesn't make it trash. That's a terrible way to analyze game quality. Well, I don't like it, so it's trash. I was only responding to your claim that it's following the other MMO trend. I'm not trying to predict what it'll do. But I didn't talk about player-based numbers, Reese's. I talked about how, look how long, it, this is what I said. I said, look how long it took these other games to get it right. The trend is... It takes these companies a long time to get an MMO running or a live service game running in the right direction. I didn't make it. I didn't talk about player-based numbers. You're right. I don't know everything. I'm not saying you don't know everything. What I'm saying is somebody said this earlier about Fortnite and, 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 and Warzone and an Apex, like all these successful live service battle royale games. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that lots of people play them. They're still dookie. I was like, what? Amazon is hitting people with DMCA strikes. Ginger had a video on it. Oh, Smashville. I covered it too. And Gold did not get hit with a DMCA. One guy did. It's come to find out it was because of an advertisement baked in the video about a gold selling website. We covered it here on this channel. It's not like I just don't like it. I've played it and compared to tens of games that have better systems. According to you. According to you. There are Borderlands fans that think that the weapon system in Borderlands 1 is superior to all other Borderlands games. That doesn't make it true. That's just what lots of people think. You can think that the systems in 40k are terrible. It's 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 an amazingly well-supported, super successful franchise. I'm just trying to enlighten you a little bit and raise your consciousness. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean it is inherently or automatically bad. There are super successful, long-standing franchises out there that would bore me to tears. Monster Hunter is a great example, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a bad game. It would bore me to tears to play Mon Hunt. Warframe, uh, rogue games like, um, what's the most famous one? Well, let's just go with Hades. I can't stand them. I don't like them, but that doesn't make them bad. I can't stomach Fortnite. I openly refer to it as Fort Crappy, but it doesn't make it trash. 
Lost Ark's have been in development for over eight years. Well, and Lost Ark's had a successful launch in the Asian market. Like, we're just now getting it. Maybe not the Asian market. Maybe it's Korean. The Korean market, I believe. What's 40k? 40,000 Warhammer? You've never heard of the Warhammer games? Maybe you've just not seen it written as 40k. I think it's trash that I have to rerun my bath as it's gone cold watching your stream. (laughs) That's good. 40K's tabletop war game. Well, that franchise is much bigger than a a tabletop war game because like the the 40K, they're remaking, what's it called? Uh, Space Marine? That's not a tabletop war game. That's third person. Like third person action adventure? Korean is Asian, I thought. Well, I wasn't saying Korean is not Asian. Korean is a, is a select market in Asia. But the Asian market is much bigger than Korea. That's why I was specifying. Like The Asian market is enormous. It's the, I think it's the largest gaming market in existence. I'm fairly certain that Lost Ark is only in the Korean market. Oh, it's Space Marine 2. It's not a remake. That's right. Space Marine 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ad populum. Just because lots of people think it's good doesn't make it good. I would call Warzone a great game. It's it's COD and it's BR. It's just plagued with tons of issues. No, 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 no. I was not arguing fallacy of the group and saying, well, lots of people like it, therefore it's good. That's what I, that's not what I was saying. The goodness or badness of a game is subjective. There is no objective barometer measurement of a game being good or bad. Now, there are objective things that can make a game bad, like bugs, glitches, broken systems, you know, stuff that doesn't work right, or game design that is um, dissonant and contradictory, you know, things that don't seem to make sense, confusing UI, whatever. Those can make a game objectively bad. Generally speaking, when someone says, oh, a ton of people like that game, but it's trash, like 40K or Fortnite, they are not criticizing the game from an objective game design, game system standpoint. They are merely using their opinion as a bat. I don't like it. Boom, it's trash. That's not a barometer of quality. It just means you don't like it. I think there are far better ways to analyze a game's quality, and I think usually gamers don't do that. They just talk as if, well, me and my buddies hate the game, so it's a pile of garbage, right? Like, I try to do that. When I talk about how Deathloop doesn't deserve nine Game Award nominations, I try to talk about the game's systems, its its inherent quality, its it's combat, it's UI. I thought SkillUp did an excellent job saying it just, it failed at the fundamentals of an action game, right? It, one enemy type, brain-dead AI, like, it's, it's supposed to be a time-based game, and yet time doesn't matter. Like, I thought he did a very, very good job critiquing the game within its own systems, not just like, oh, I didn't like it, you know? I'm giving people too much credit these days. Sometimes forget people aren't always objective <laughs> I th- this is just something that I, I try to push up push upon like the, 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 the dialogue down here you can say yeah, I know a lot of people like that game but my gosh I can't stand it that's fine when you want to go up here and look down on a game in a, in a critical manner I ask people to be more 
more uh, objective or more precise in what is wrong or what is problematic. Don't just be like, well, I'm going to come up here into the critical view of a game and just call it crap. Or what the gun guy said, just because a lot of people like it, it's just because a lot of people like that particular flavor of dookie. I'm like, what the frick are you even saying? So they're just willingly consuming garbage like, I like the way garbage tastes. No, that's so arrogant. That, no. So because they don't see it from his perspective, they're willingly consuming trash. Like, come on. Come on. (laughs) These conversations today have been just so stellar, though, by the way. If If you guys have ever been here before, we are all about dialogue, disagreement, and discussion. We do it in a respectful way. I am safe for work, so I'm not in here cursing up a storm, swearing, or doing anything else. We are having just an absolutely stellar day. Welcome into all of the new people that are here. We greatly appreciate the support of this stream today. Um, really, really great to see so many people tuning in, so many new people tuning in. Every Friday is From Friday, where we break down From Software games in the morning. Obviously, we are primarily doing that with Elden Ring. And then this afternoon, we'll be playing some Sekiro. I am traditionally not a Souls guy. I am slowly becoming one. Recently beat Dark Souls 3 and I think a 12-part series on this channel in a playlist. And we're in episode 6 today of Sekiro looking for the Seven Spears boss so we can rage out on him. And uh, throughout the week, we're doing video game news talk show coverage like this. So if you like what you see and you've enjoyed your time, don't forget to hit the subscribe and bell button. You can subscribe in confidence. I'll hit your sub feed all week. And it will be a safe-for-work environment. People throw me on in the background like video game radio. We really appreciate you being here. Now, there are direct ways to support the channel, and we've barely talked about those this morning because the conversation's been so good. Okay? We do have our own coffee. This is not some company that I'm going to send you to that gives me a kickback. This is mine. We have a light roast, a dark roast, and a holiday blend. My, my wife and kiddos bag and ship this and send it to you with cute little drawings. It's called Rageless Roast. Uh, All of our coffee has balanced acidity, which makes it incredibly drinkable, and it's why so many people that either maybe don't drink a lot of coffee or don't like it have become full-time drinkers of our coffee. The Light Roast Blend is the most accessible uh, catalyst coffee to get you into coffee drinking, and our Holiday Blend, the Merry Frickmas Blend, is probably our most popular right now, and once it's gone, it's gone for the year. You could also consider becoming a paying member. We are trying to get to 500 members, so you can click the join button or use the join command in chat. It gets you a badge and emotes in chat. Five bucks a month. It also gets you expanded access in our Discord server. And if you're interested, on Friday nights, we've been doing Halo Infinite custom games. If we ever do party game nights like that, you can join as a paying member. We're not doing that tonight because it is a holiday. It is Christmas Eve. So consider using any of those means to support me. I'm wearing a a nice Punisher Christmas t-shirt from 80s Tees. And those are disc plates, by the way. If you like the the Cinder one or the Elden Ring one, use the disc plate command or the link below for a great discount on disc plate. Any last minute Christmas shopping, you've you've really waited too long. But if you use Amazon for any purchases of anything, you can use my Amazon affiliate link below or the command in chat. It doesn't give you a discount, but it supports me if you shop there. Yo, what's good, Zubair? Gilly says, love drinking the Frickmas blend. Uh, brought in a coffee maker into the office just to be able to make a cup for myself. Nice, 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 nice. Finally get to open my displays tomorrow. Which ones did you get? Which ones did you get, Harry? 
Considering how terrible some food is for you and people still eat it, yes, people willingly eat trash. That's not the greatest equivalency, though, because it tastes amazing. Are you going to try and tell me that, like, a jelly-filled donut doesn't taste incredible? Its nutritional value doesn't negate how good it tastes. Lono gives me Christmas Eve. Give me gives me Christmas Eve off. That's correct, Hilly. That's correct. Of course, Zubair shows up when Lono starts talking about coffee. If you have questions about the coffee, feel free to ask. People in chat are more than equipped to answer your questions about its flavor, how they make it, which one's their favorite. I am going to very quickly run upstairs and uh, and use the restroom. I'll be right back down. I've been drinking coffee myself. We only need a couple more likes for 300 likes. And don't go anywhere. We're going to be playing Sekiro in a little bit. And I love having you, you From Software guys uh, picking at me when I'm playing. <laughs> to a certain degree. All right? I'll be right back.
Uh, Akuda Papa wanted to add a little bit from the discussion earlier. Says, I'm six minutes behind because of a call. When Star Wars The Old Republic released, it had 1.7 million subscribers by February of 2012. That's massive. Uh, now to hit the catch up button. There you go. We've had this discussion before, so thank you for remembering uh, what I got myself. Three lightsaber collections, Ahsoka's, Anakin's, and the Darksaber. Oh, no, yeah, you did. I'm sorry, Harry. It's, come on, man. It's, a lot of people uh, have ordered uh, disc plates, and so it's hard to remember what everybody's ordered. Because somebody recently ordered, and their order didn't go through, and we had to, like, they had to, like, cancel and resubmit or something. Or, no, I didn't get credit for it. So, uh, it looks like disc plate uh, orders... The most recent order is on the 14th, 10 days ago. Somebody ordered three, and they look they look super dope. Um, and then I see the Michael Jordan one and stuff that people were talking about. I see those in there now. So, yeah. I'm going to be the best Elden Ring player you have ever seen, mark my words. <laughs> uh, six years for nothing. Oh, come on, Harold! What kind of clown voted for live service content for Elden? Go back to Fortnite. You, oh, golly. There's no reason to be that unkind or uncouth. Um, there are ways that they could add live service elements to Elden Ring that would be maybe more similar to how Diablo 3 has done live service um, or how uh, No Man's Sky has done live service. You're making a fatal mistake of, number one, being very dismissive and unkind, but also assuming that live service means Fortnite Battle Pass. Like, don't be so reductionist in your view of the world. You're, you're missing, there's, a, there's other shades and colors out there. Like, live service doesn't mean Fortnite Battle Pass, my friend. And, you know, going and killing enemies for Santa Claus hats. Like, that's not, that's not the automatic live service uh, injection. So, how'd that work for those games? Uh, no Man's Sky's ongoing live service support and their new expedition system has received high praise and good engagement. Um, Diablo 3's seasonal format has been going for a very long time to great applause. Their Loot 2.0 system has been hailed and praised as one of the archetypes for ongoing live service games and, and loot systems. Um, you might want to do a little bit of research before you act as if those games have not been successful. There's other live service games as well that have done very, very well, like Path of Exile. Ongoing games. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online would be another example of an MMO slash live service game that has been very successful with an ongoing um, content delivery plan. Um, after how many years did No Man's Sky get better? Right, after how many years did Final Fantasy XIV just have a record-breaking, insane DLC with Endwalker? Uh, after how many years did Star Wars The Old Republic land where it recently landed with its 10-year anniversary? So, I, do you, are you proving a point? Because if you're proving a point, I think you're proving my point, that many of these games successfully pulled these things off over time through refinements and addition and, hold on to your hat, live service. <laughs> Live service is how they pulled all of this off. They didn't they didn't fix these games with DLCs. They fixed these games with ongoing live service evolution and support. So your presumption that live service means Fortnite has been readily dismantled 
and then when proof of ongoing successful live service games is put in your face you dismiss them because it took a long time okay (laughs) so basically wait for games to actually get better rather than come out and be actually good no, that would be a straw man because you're, you're struggling to argue well. So fallacy of the straw man is where you misrepresent the other position so that you can easily defeat it. I did not say that. I said that live service can successfully result in good games. That doesn't mean that Elden Ring will drop and be garbage and then they'll fix it with live service. It means that live service isn't the devil that you think it is. It can be done in good ways. There have been very good discoveries in the last three to five years with how to support an ongoing game, and it doesn't have to be a Fortnite battle pass. You're you're being dismissive because you've got a predetermined opinion, and anything that doesn't jive with what you think is is dismissed, attacked, or or insulted. Like I, there there are there could imagine if a year from now Elden Ring introduced seasonal characters. How that would be extremely fun. What would be? How would that be bad and? And how would that hurt the game? What if they did a quasi-DLC live service where when they add DLC to the game, you go and interact with it and you willingly choose that when you interact with it that it's going to evolve your world and game in a live service ongoing way? What's the problem with that? Why is that bad? It's killed a lot of potentially good games. What potentially good games were killed by live service? Start listing them. Yeah, seasonal characters like they do in Diablo doesn't affect the vanilla game and if you want to create a seasonal character imagine booting up Elden Ring in a year and they're like yeah you can create a seasonal character and for season one we have all these various challenges and things for you to go out and do Um, maybe they want you to defeat certain bosses in certain ways or use certain weapons or whatever and then you get unlocks and your character advances through that season and when the season ends you get a bunch of dope stuff that you can use on your, your your base level character or your ongoing character Dead Space was killed by live service? What? How? Sadly, you're late. You're late, okay? You mean like Monster Hunter? Yes, because Monster Hunter is is, is really struggling. <laughs> you're having a it's a you're having a hard time. It's okay. <laughs> You're having a hard time because speaking in broad assertive platitudes is easy, but when you actually have to make a concrete point, I know it's tough. It's it's tough. It's challenging. You think you think Monhun's in a bad sp- in a bad spot? Okay. <laughs> oh. All right. We gotta shift gears. We gotta shift gears. You you got here really late. We've been streaming for three hours, and I need to get over. We need to get over to our our Sekiro gameplay. Um. Uh. Oh shoot! I might not have time. Monhun's one of the best games I've ever played. And aren't there elements of Monhun that are live service? Is Monhun just purely DLC? Aren't there elements of Monhun that are live service? 
Stick around. Don't go anywhere. I'm happy to talk to you for a little bit. We're just, we're having to shift gears. We have a second stream scheduled for uh, Sekiro. Arguing for live service in a FromSoft game is embarrassing. I'm out. Speaking only in assertive platitudes and when pressed upon, your argument falls to a shambles and you don't back it up with any actual logic, reason, or evidence. I think that's more embarrassing than what I've done this morning, which is ask the community what they think and theorize about how live service could be implemented into Elden Ring. So... I believe that your display has been far more embarrassing than me having dialogue with people for three hours. So, I don't know. Go see if there's a there, there's a there's a stream or a platform that enjoys uh, just blank platitudes. Okay. I was extremely, I was extremely courteous and engaged with you in a logical way, and it was too hard for you. All right, here you go, guys. Let me give you a link. That's where we're going. It should, uh, it should. Oh, frick, we're not going to be able to keep this under three hours. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. Continuing our From Friday's Sekiro gameplay with episode 6 today. Hit subscribe and the bell button if you're a fan of From Software games. We had a great discussion this morning about Elden Ring and the install size and what that means for the game. We appreciate all the support.